Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to another great Let's Talk Sports show. I am back, baby. Uh, Tanner uh, held down the fort yesterday for me, yesterday morning. I was uh, had a great weekend. Took my daughters uh, yesterday to a Kansas City Royals game. Royals won uh, two to one, or was it? Yeah, two to one, two to one, I think. Uh, so it was a great game. Uh, my daughter's very first uh, professional baseball game. They'd seen the Car Springfield Cardinals play a double A team, but first time yesterday. Don't worry, I didn't buy the tickets because uh, I would not buy a Royals tickets because they absolutely stink. Uh, it, she got the reward for perfect attendance all year at school, so I didn't know if it was a punishment or reward that they were sending her to a Royals game. But nonetheless, we had a great time. Uh, she enjoyed her first professional game. Uh, you know, so two games and uh, three days. Friday night, I was at the Cubs game. My Cubs, I thought, was going to be back, but they lost yesterday to the Cardinals, but still took three out of four, losing right now to the Reds. But looks like we're buyers right now. So I uh, will get into all the baseball stuff, all the baseball trades uh, with Jonathan the second hour. And then the first hour, a little bit later, we'll have Jim. Jim, I'll talk a little SummerSlam. I got to ask him a little about MJF and things like that. Uh, but, man, it feels good to be back. It feels good to be ready to go. Uh, I, it's When you miss a show, it's just, man, you got so much to talk about. And the guys were saying some crazy stuff yesterday, and we're going to get into that a little bit later, too. Uh, I wanted to shed my knowledge on – share some stuff on this Jonathan Taylor stuff. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and bring in uh, Johnny Cruz. I got to ask him – about his second favorite quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. I got to ask hmm. you, did you hear what he said about Sean Payton? Uh, did you hear about him telling Sean Payton, keep your damn name, my coach's name out your, damn mouth. Mouth, out your damn mouth? Yeah, uh, it, it, it was It was honestly perfect. Um, I, I love the way he responded to that. Uh, he's obviously back in his boy and his coach, uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, and Sean Payton, I think, was wrong. You know what I'm saying? He did come out his face, and he should have just honestly minded his own neck, uh, worry about your own team. I know he was probably doing it to kind of, I guess, boost up Russell Wilson. What Russell Wilson and the team, you know, kind of like saying it, it wasn't y'all's fault that y'all sucked last year. It was only the coach. But um, you can put a little bit of that on the coach, but the team also sucked um, as well. But, yeah, you never, you never break the code that way and talk shit about another coach. Uh, so that was that was extremely classless by Sean Payton. So I'm I'm glad that Aaron Rodgers came in um, high and tight on him. He deserved it. Yeah, I am too. Uh, Aaron loves Hackett. Uh, it's been part of. They've had a lot of great success. Aaron Rodgers credits his last two MVPs to Hackett. Uh, you know, loves Hackett. They're friends. Uh, it feels like he owes a lot of success to him. Hackett is what it is, but that team also failed miserably. Uh, not just, you know, a lot of it was Russ at the same time. Maybe Hackett's not a head coach, but maybe he's pretty damn good OC. Uh, and there is a, I always, we always hear the coach's code, right? You never go in and bash another coach. You never, uh, you know, that's just kind of the, the, the underwritten rule for that. So he said, get, get his name out, got, get out your mouth. They play later this year. I got Jets by 30. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. So that, that's the I mean, I guess that's the poetic justice that they, they're going to they're going to meet. Um, so Aaron Rodgers is going to have an opportunity to kind of back his boy on the field as well. And um, and kind of lay it on Denver. Um, I think Denver is going to be approved from from last year. But, yeah, I would not pick Denver in that game there. Um, not only does, you know, Aaron Rodgers have a chip on his shoulder, but now you, you, you added some more fuel to that by talking shit about his boy, his coach. Um, so yeah, I, I, that's, 
I'm anxious to see what the spread is going to be on that game. And of course, we'll, you know, we'll talk betting and shit like that with Scott or whatever. But that's going to be an interesting one to see what the line is uh, the, the week of that game uh, and see if Vegas feels the same way that we do as far as um, as far as the Jets wanting to just put a beat down on, on the Broncos. Yeah, I'm, I I think Jets by, you know, like I said, 30. I don't know. I don't care what the spread is. I'm hammering the over, the spread, all of it. Uh, give me a pissed off Aaron Rodgers every freaking time. You know, like that's – I'm all here for it. And if you don't think he's – they're just not going to run up the score and do petty sh- – Aaron Rodgers is very petty. Yes, he remembers yes. things. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, he who lasts last lasts the longest, you know. So uh, – you know, Steve. I mean, and Robert Robert Sala doesn't seem like that type of guy, but I think he's gonna let them just do what they gotta do. You know what I'm saying? Because he's gonna defend his boy and his coach too. You know what I'm saying? They they go back. They they have history together, obviously. Um, Sala and Hackett. So, yeah, that's that's just you know what I'm saying. Like I said, that was just that was soft. You know what I'm saying? For him to come out his face and, and talk shit about the coach like that, and then of course that his 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 apology afterward with the whole oh, 40 minutes later, I felt bad. Why did it take you 40 minutes to feel bad, bro? Like you should Yeah, yeah right. bro, what, what what happened was people go, people say, hey man, you probably shouldn't have said that, Sean. Uh, you know, and by all accounts, you people here meet Sean Payton, they know every person that you've said is kind of Sean Sean Payton's kind of a bit of a dick. Right. Uh and you know, so people probably said, "Hey, coach, you shouldn't have said that." You know, we we there is that, like I've mentioned, the uh, the unwritten rule: you don't bash right. another coach, uh, especially the old regime and things like that. Uh, and, and so he's like, "Oh yeah, I felt bad about it." No, you didn't. Right. You just you, <laughs> no, you that's didn't. just you, now you're just being politically correct. So right, yeah, he uh, caused some heat for that. You want to throw up some of these comments, or you want to bring in Scott now, bro? Oh yeah, let's go ahead. You mentioned uh, betting, so let's go ahead and bring in Mister Gambling himself, one other, none other than Mister Scott Cope. Hey, the Jets are one point. Jets are one point favorites right now. Yeah, hammer that, Scott. Hammer that. A thousand and one percent. Yesterday, after yesterday, <laughs> I already did. I had to. Yeah. I had to go back and rewatch, re look at his comments again before I, before I made the yeah, bet. Yeah, we, we, need, to bet we need to bet on that now. We need to bet on that now because I'm telling you, the, the week of it's going to be like ten or ten or thirteen, bro. It, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for 455 yards and six touchdowns that game. <laughs> <laughs> That's Scott, who were who are we betting on tonight or, or tomorrow, and who do we bet on today? So tonight we were full, we were full on Reds Cubs game. I bet the Reds right. first five money line. I we bet the Reds, Reds money line. Although the Cubs are down six to four now, they're coming back. Hey, let's um, go, baby. Yep, uh, Reds money line. I took. Uh, Matt Olson to hit a home run. He hit a home run. Took Christian Yelich to get two plus hits. He's got three right now. So, um, you know, I heard all that stuff today, and so I just I just bet it. Um, usually, yeah. I do strikeout props. Today was a short baseball uh, schedule, so I didn't really do strikeout props today. I just stuck to the to one game, and I bet all around it. So before we before you give us, or if you want to give you tonight tomorrow's picks uh, at the end the end of the back end of the show, that's great. Let me ask you: When are these guys are getting traded? So, for instance, Max Scherzer, I'm just going to use him as example. His yeah. next start, do you do you look at that? And do you kind of go over under innings strikeouts? Do you always kind of take the under because it's a new team? new situation or how do we how do we look at some of these guys getting moved i will usually bet on that team especially with scherzer in texas 
because if, if he puts together six innings and gives up one run, Texas is going to score like seven or eight. So, you know, you got to look at the situation they're going to. Like, Syndergaard went from the Dodgers to the Guardians, and he's pitching tonight. And he's got a shutout going. So usually yeah, the first time, these, yeah, these guys want to show these new teams that, okay, you traded for me. This is exactly the reason you traded for me. So usually I go with them. Tonight I didn't go with Syndergaard because he just got lit up like a Christmas tree in L.A., so I stayed away from it, but I but I'm watching it closely for future down the line for future bets. So that's what I do. Yeah, I would I would think the you know you would want to go with the the players going to new teams because they yeah they want to impress and they want to show uh, the new team that they made the right decision by yeah. trading for them. So yeah, yeah that's going to be interesting to see. Um, Talk about a great fit right there, Max Scherzer going to Texas. They just needed some pitching there because they I, they, I, score, I, they can score runs, man. They I, well, I like runs. the. I actually like the move they made to get Montgomery more than I make. I yeah. like the move to make for Max Scherzer. I mean, yeah. I, I talked a little bit about it yesterday. The Scherzer, and we'll talk. We'll get more in depth with Jonathan on that. But I, I, I like the Montgomery trade just because he's younger. He's really good pitcher, uh, and I think a, cha- he, a change of scenery. He was with your Yankees last year, wasn't he, Johnny? Before he went uh, to the Cardinals. Yeah, Couple yeah, we we trade. Uh, uh, it yeah. was. It was a year and a half ago, or whatever. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah we, we really traded. We, yeah, we traded him for Harrison Bader, um, and a yeah. lot of Yankee fans were upset about that because he he is a young left-handed pitcher. I mean, he's not a top of the rotation type pitcher, but he's going to eat up innings. He's going to have his starts where he's you know he's pretty dominant, but he's pretty steady. Yeah, he um, and he's he was young, steady. Bro. That change of senior from New York to St. Louis, he did really well. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they can replicate that coming back to the American League on a new team. Uh, and we'll get into all the baseball stuff here. Uh, speaking of the speaker of the Guardians, we'll bring in the team is selling. I, this man has got to be sad. He's on Scott or Johnny. We said you were on suicide watch uh, last Monday. This man might be on suicide watch. The Titans are stinking. Are going to stink. The Guardians are absolutely going to stink. If they weren't, if it wasn't for the Royals, Tanner's Royals, uh, they'd be uh, dead last in the division. Uh, give it up for Mister First Down Sam. Well, it's the Nick show where he talks all that bullshit. Can I ask, Nick, can, Nick, can I ask you something before you get into it with Sam? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck, Scott? <laughs> no, no, no. Honest question. So when your daughter brought home these Royals tickets the other day, did you did you think it was a punishment? Did you think it was strange that all the Royals could, could sell tickets? Scott by froze? Eight? Scott froze, huh? No, I'm not frozen. I'm not frozen. I can hear you guys. Can you hear me? What happened? You can't hear nobody. You can't hear Scott. I can't hear Scott. What happened? I'm not frozen. Yeah. Oh, okay. Ask the question again, Scott. Ask the question again. I missed it all. When your daughter brought home (laughs) Royals tickets the other day, did did you think this was a punishment for the good for, for all the good that she did during the school year? Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. And she said, uh, she's like, I got four tickets, and I was like, oh. I don't really want to go to a Royals game. Maybe she'll ask her mom to go. Uh, and then, because I just assume that's what's going to happen. Because we're a split family. You know, she lives uh, mainly with her. She, she she's mainly lives with her mom. But uh, then a couple weeks ago, two weeks ago, she's like, Dad, I want you. I don't know if her mom put it up to me, put up, put her up to it. But, you know, she's like, Dad, I want you to take me to the Royals game, to the baseball game. And I was like, okay, baby, I'm not going to tell her no, you know. So um, this is the only way the Royals can sell tickets is by giving them to schools and tell you, do what you want. 
And, and that you knew that uh, yesterday was hot, and there was more people in the nosebleeds than there were anywhere close. Uh, and we moved all the way down. Uh, yep, they nice. sat in the sun for like two innings, and then the the three girls were like, "Dad, it's hot. We gotta go." So then we moved up into the back into the shade. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I, I kind of wanted to move into the sun. I was hoping. I was like, "Well, we can go home because I want." It's a three hour drive, and I didn't really care. So I was like. I kind of moved into the sun to see if they would want to go home early, and uh, they we still stayed for the full game. But uh, I was I was like, if we get if I get them in the heat, they're gonna want to go home early. So Damn, he I was, trying to, he was trying to torture was, them to cut it short. Hey, hey that's that's what happens when you go to a uh, this is what happens when you go to a Royals game. You hear me, girls? This is what happens. I mean, if it was the Cubs game, well, I'm staying all nine innings like I did Saturday night. You know, Friday night in the heat, just drenched, but. But I figured with the three girls, I, they might uh, they might quit on they might quit on the game. But uh, they they toughed it out. We watched all three uh, all the whole innings, so it was a, it was a lot of fun. I think they they enjoyed it. Uh, so they want me to take them to uh, a softball game. One of my daughters plays softball, so nice. I got to find a good college team to go to and uh, nice. take them to a softball game. Sorry, you, don't like, you don't like like Mizzou and you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we can go. I mean, yeah, yeah I, they, I, all got, they all got so I just got too, railroaded. So. <laughs> <laughs> just got railroaded. Yeah. Hey, we'll uh, just you got we'll, Spence. Uh, we'll jump we'll jump right into yesterday. So I'm watching yesterday's show back, and you and Tanner are jumping on this JT train, and you guys are kind of really taking the side of JT. You said if JT uh, if he if he gets hurt, he would sit out a couple games. JT can't afford it, Scott. JT, first of all, he's offered – he's coming off a – he wants a new contract. Uh, and let me actually back all the way up here. So he's got – first he's got a new agent. His new agent is uh, Malky. Uh, Malky, I don't know if he's ever really dabbled in the NFL. I know Malky from being a UFC guy. He's actually okay. represented uh, several uh, – Jorge Masvidal is what I really know him from. That used to be Jorge's agent. He got Malky back in April to be his agent. So I think Malky's used to dealing with the UFC and demanding more money and things like that. Well, here's what you don't do. Number one, uh, JT, you don't take on old white people with money because you're going to lose nine out. You're going to lose every time. And that's what he's doing. He's taking on Jim Mersey, the oldest white guy with money in the NFL. So that's not going to happen. Two, you're asking for a new new contract. You know what his yards were? I didn't realize this last year or uh, till today. He had four touchdowns and less than a thousand yards receiving. You want to give him a contract after a contract extension after that? No. Nope. Then you said you Scott, you and Tanner said, Hey, you know what? He should if he gets hurt, he should sit out a game or two. He can't afford to. Scott, they're not paying nobody in these running backs money. You already had a shitty year last year, and then if you have a shitty year this year. Everybody's going to look at you and say that one year, that one big year you had, which is now two years removed, nah, you get what you get. He should just play. He needs to be there. And then I heard you guys say nobody wants to play for Ursay. Well, Ursay said, now Ursay said, well, if I'm dead and gone, nobody's going to remember me or, or Jonathan. Yeah, what, he meant, what he meant by is that the NFL is a fucking machine. It's here today. If you're here today, gone yeah. tomorrow, the NFL machine keeps on going. Mm. We, they don't. They'll have you know what? They'll, you know what they'll do? They'll do what? They, they'll have a little memorial for Jim Mersey, and then guess what? New owners, and, they, and we'll keep playing football games. Jonathan Taylor ain't in the league tomorrow. They're going to continue to play football games. Nobody's yeah. going. Nobody's going to cry over their spilt milk like that. So that's what he was. Saying. He's done. 
and he has done things for his players. Now he is he's done crazy things like gave fucking Jeff Saturday a job he was not qualified to do, but gave gave that job to him. Uh, he should have never, you know, but he's got, he'll do anything for Peyton Manning. He'll do anything for Jeff Saturday. He'll do anything for guys like Edron James. Uh, gave Edron James a Hall of Fame or gave Edron James a Super Bowl ring when he wasn't even on the team. So he's done right by players who have done him right and have actually done a damn thing. He paid he played Andrew Luck twenty five million after he retired and didn't have to. So let's let's remember that that guys yeah. still want to play for Jim Mersey if they're doing something in a Colt uniform. So no, brave, Nick. Stunning and brave. I agree, with that. I agree with all those takes, okay? But here's the thing, all right? So However, Jonathan Taylor yeah. comes to camp, and he's saying he never put out he had the back injury. This is what he said today. I don't know where this back injury came from. I, I never put it out there. Well, where did it come from? Did it come from? Hey, did it come from? It came from the trainers. That hey, they don't have to. He don't have to put it out. Because who puts it out? The doctors who looking at him. Right. So so he's saying he doesn't have a back Look injury. That's what I heard today him saying. He doesn't have a back injury. Yeah. Well, where did the trainers get this? Did, 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 did they get it from Ursay? Did Ursay tell him? I don't, that that part I don't know, Scott. Again, you can't go up against old white people. That's the that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> right. Old white people, old <laughs> rich white people are going to win. You should know that. You're not rich, so that's, that's why you don't really know that. But <laughs> if but you were rich, Scott, you can't go up against old, rich, white people. Everybody right. knows that. Right. Old, rich, yeah. white people still run this country. They still run the NFL. And you can't – one guy, uh, hey, he's finding out what's it like to be a millionaire going up against a billionaire. Right. And a billionaire is going to win every fucking time. In, in essence, what it comes down to, to the John the Taylor will make – Yeah, John the Taylor <laughs> will make his own decisions at the end of the year. If he wants to play for the Colts, he plays for the Colts. If he doesn't – He'll go someplace else, but he's not. And then they're, they're not gonna, he's not going to get paid either. He's exactly, playing. exactly. I I totally agree. These running backs, ten million dollars, eleven million dollars. That's the cap right now. That's it because the franchise tag. Will the Colts franchise him? Probably. They'll probably franchise him at the end of the year because he's not going to sign a contract with them. He's going to try to go to uh, Minnesota, Dallas, wherever, wherever he wants to go, but. It's just yeah. it's just a, a bad situation with these running backs right now. You know, they wanna they wanna get paid, but they're going about it the wrong way. You know, they're holding out, they're they're coming up with little little ailments, little maladies. It's the wrong way to go about it. Get on the field, play, make your money, show that you're a running back that should make money, and that's it. That's what I think. You you yeah, only I, got I, here's that they have I, to understand. Sorry, Sam. They have to realize their sh- their shelf life is very short uh, exactly. of all the uh, of all the things. So you got and I, I understand you're trying to make the maximize as much as that money as you can. But guess what? The league also knows your short your lo- your short li- your life is short. It's like a piece of shit car, right? That yeah. car you only know is going to go five thousand miles. I'm not going to pay twenty million for a car that's only going to go five thousand miles on it. I'm going to pay five thousand dollars for a car that yeah. only goes five thousand miles because after five thousand miles, it's going to shit out on me. Right. No, I mean, yeah, I, we- I I understand the point of that, Nick, because I mean, we we all agree with that that the NFL is going to going to go on past everybody you know what i'm saying the nfl don't care about nobody it's going to keep on trucking people are going to keep on watching uh so it doesn't matter it's just the fact of the owner shitting on his own player his best player his stud his running back player. you know what i'm saying so for him to come out at him like that was just kind of you're know saying like like why are you throwing shade 
on your best player like that when it was completely unnecessary for him to come out with those comments. So that that's more of what we were saying. I mean, yeah, the NFL is going to move on once you know once these guys are not in the league or whatever. But I mean, I thought he was on your best player like that was that was just kind of wrong. Go ahead. I thought, it was strange. I thought it was strange that he just started like waxing philosophic. I was like, "What the hell? What?" Right. Like, hey, well, that's know, what. Hey, that's what Ursay. Now, I, I agree. He shouldn't be bashing his best player in the middle of negotiations. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's that's yeah. not a smart negotiating I contract. That meeting, right? Like I wonder we, how that meeting went down between them. And here's the other yeah. thing. I, I agree with you that. But like, here's the thing. I think what happened was, you know, they were kind of going back and forth. Um, you know, and this and that. And really it was in um when it's been JT had a, a different agent. He said, I'll play on the ta- I'll play this out, blah, blah, blah. When he had the it, the other agent, and then when he switched agents, he went to when he got to Malky, that's when the this new trouble st- started. And I think Malky's used to dealing with a different rich white where it's one player, uh, one guy can represent yeah. in the UFC. Yeah. You can go, you know, you win a couple fights, you prove yourself that you win that longevity. This is different ball game in the NFL. Uh, it's a team thing, and he's on the worst. He's got the worst, you know, a running back who showed last year, um, showed last year that you know he w- didn't play very well. And if yeah, he plays well this year, it, nobody's going to want to pay him that money. And here's the other thing. His quarterback is going to hold Jonathan Taylor down, Anthony Richardson. He's a runner. Okay, so, so Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis is never going to sniff what he did two years ago or a year no. ago. He's no. never going to do it again. So he, he, he in his mind has probably said, I need to go someplace else and build back up my reputation where I'm one of the premier running backs. Because if he plays 17 games this year – What's he going to get? 1,100 yards, maybe? Eight touchdowns, maybe? You know, no, t- teams are going to say, hey, that's just, you know, that's a $10 million running back in I game. Plus, once they get to 30, they start to go on the downside. I mean, look at Joe Mixon. He's starting to go on the downside. Look at these guys that reach that 30-year age. They start to fall off the cliff. And sure enough, like you said, Nick, this will be another case with Jonathan Taylor. We'll get to that 30 age, and he'll start going down. So that's why these 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 teams just say we're going to run these guys into the ground at their first contract and see what they do. Guys never get a third contract usually. It's very rare. And the the earnest here's got a question, and I'll I'll ask that to you, Sam. That's your guy. How long do you think your boy uh, Derrick Henry has left? I think this is it. The swan song is this year. That you're at. You, you uh, don't have to pay him after you cut him this year. There's no penalty. I think mm-hmm. it's done. I think after this, this is it. This is him and Ryan Tannehill's last year. I, th- I think it's pretty clear that they're moving up to younger guys uh, and things like that. I think it's time to move on. So I, I would imagine as the contracts go that they're done after this year would be my guess. Fire. There's a fire somewhere, guys. That's what they're <laughs> But and, hey, uh, point, of, point of order to you guys. I understand like the unwritten rules here and what he said about Nathaniel Hackett and everything like that. Yeah, it was off-color or whatever. But, gosh, it was nice to have something like that other than the usual crap they peddle out there during press conferences and stuff like that. Yeah. So why yeah. I understand the bashing, I I like the fact that he said something like that. But, you know, but there's different ways. There's different – this is how this is how he should have said it, is that, you know, I uh, hey, I wasn't here last year. I don't know – 
you know, um, I, they, they obviously underachieved. I'm here to correct that stuff. Uh, let last year be last year. I'm more focused on this year. Not that was one of the worst coaching things I've ever sure. seen in my life. Or sure, you're at. You you're, I I totally agree. But what I'm saying is, we actually got some like legit honesty out of somebody. For yeah, I, yeah, yeah, I get that. And you know, he, uh, then we murder him for it. But but uh, right. and then uh, you know, he's going to get murdered when they play the Jets because uh, yeah, uh, they go put 45 on him. Yeah. yeah. Johnny, before we bring in uh, Jim Berenger, why don't you get us through that, this ad read, and uh, we'll bring in our, our first guest of the night. All right. Well, i got to let you guys know about our friends at um, underdog.com. You can download the app to any one of your mobile devices, uh, your phone, your tablet, your computer. Um, download uh, Underdog um, and uh, use the promo code LTS, and they will, they will match your deposit up to $100. Uh, once again, it's underdog.com. Again, download the app or you can go to underdog.com. Um, use a promo code LTS and they'll match you up to $100. They have the best ball drafts of all sports. Uh, your daily fantasy app, underdog. Uh, like I said, download the app or go to underdog.com. Use the promo code LTS. Scott, all right. Scott, we've been. Uh, hold on. Scott, okay. how do you stop yourself from not going underdog from your uh, childhood cartoon shows? <laughs> How do you do it? I just don't know how you do it. Amazing. I'll watch it. I I don't think I've watched one full episode of Underdog, to be honest with you. I was about to say, I've never watched it either. Let's just listening to, hey, Mr. Peabody, let's go on the time machine. (laughs) Now, now, Sherman. That's uh, they didn't even have TV when Scott was growing up, Sam, so just chill out. That's why he said he never watched it. You know, let's go ahead. We've been talking running backs. This guy's running. This guy's team's running back. Uh, signed, I guess his franchise. So it might as well have been his franchise tag. Give it up for none other than joining us our every Monday night legendary of a man, Mr. Jim Berenger. Yeah, 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 what's up, boys. What's up, Jim? What's Jim, going? what's happening? How's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Uh, it's Monday night. I'm back with my maniacs, so you know it's uh, it's a good thing. Hey, Jim, uh, what's your uh, take? I don't know if we've re- did we talk Saquon last week. I don't quite remember. Uh, what's your take on on that? And I didn't realize that it's really his franchise tag with a couple, pretty much a parlay. Uh, the rushing yards, which he's only hit once in five years, I think. The touchdowns he's never hit in any of his five years, and then the receiving yards he's only hit once in the five years he's been playing. Yeah, pretty much Damn. it's what – what is it? Like a $500,000 raise to $11 million that he gets yeah. plus incentives in there as well. Um, and then not to mention, think about this. The, the Giants can franchise tag him again next year. So if they really wanted to, uh, and he get more money that way, and hopefully this gives them time to negotiate a couple-year deal – you know, keep him there, keep him happy. Uh, let's see if he can do it. I equivalent this to a uh, team guy taking betting on himself or a team saying, hey, we need a bridge deal in the NHL and say, hey, you know what, go do it again. And I think he got Daniel Jones there. Personally, this is how I would have done it if I was running the show. And I understand quarterbacks get paid exponentially more than running backs. But I would have taken care of Barkley first before Jones. And I would have gone Jones Bridge instead of the way with the way they're handling Barkley, just because again, you know, how is this the real deal? Are we going to see it again? You know, look, 
I know the expectations on the Giants are higher this year that, that people expect them to make the playoffs. And we did talk Barkley, but the problem was Barkley's deal happened again like a couple days later, a, d- a day later after All we right. talked about All the right. franchise tag, him not yeah. signing. So, I mean, look, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's in camp. And we all agreed that this kid, his the way he's raised, the way he was brought up, he wasn't sitting out. Like, you know, he had it, but he wasn't going to do it. And I think it's going to give Daniel Jones confidence. You know, again, the big question for me is can they throw the football because you know what teams are going to bring this year. Like, Hey, I, I got I got a statement, and I want to see if you agree with me on this, Jim. All right. He, he had the opportunity oh, for the go. franchise tag. Now, yeah. For him to sign a one year deal with the incentives, fine. Yeah, you know, I think it was like, uh, yeah, like you said, five hundred or nine hundred thousand to bring it up to eleven. But now he put himself in a situation where they still got two two years to take a franchise tag him. So he kind of put himself in a bad well, they situation. Got, they were gonna do- they, once he didn't sign the tender, no, but, Johnny, yeah, they, but he could have franchise tagged him anyway. Whether he signed the, they, whether right, he signed so, the franchise tag or not, that's what I'm saying. Let franchise tag me, and then you only have one more time to do it. Now they can still do it the next two years because he signed mm-hmm. a one year deal. So he le- he left himself open to now being franchise tagged twice. I'm yeah, I mean that that was the big thing. I think a lot of people were saying is that, that that's why it was such a bad deal for the player because. You know, he opened himself up to being franchise tagged again. But if he puts up monster numbers, you know, the Giants, you know, maybe this time they don't get to this point because they already took care of Daniel Jones. And this just gives them the runway they need until next summer comes along. Like, it just gives them, like, a year. I mean, you never know. They could do it. We saw it with Kirk Cousins. He got franchise tagged twice, and then he was out the door, uh, and he got his money that way. But – I just think the Giants, they'll figure out a way to give him an extension. And this just gives them time. And it also gives them a year to look at him, too. I mean, look, now you save yourself, okay. Say they paid him, I don't know, $14 million, right? And he doesn't have a great year. Now you're stuck with that. For I mean, obviously nothing's guaranteed. But something would have been guaranteed where he gets hurt and all oh, got to give him money. Now you it's a one-year deal, okay couple franchise tags we'll see how it plays out i think he's gonna have a nice season i think the giants are gonna do well this year but again it just gives them leeway in a negotiation tactic it's like team elected arbitration in the nhl saw with team omeyer to bring it guys like that just gives the team time to negotiate and i don't think they can open up negotiations till later in the season anyway see here's my thing with daniel jones and barkley why couldn't you have paid daniel jones 37 million dollars 35 million dollars and then signed Barkley for thirteen or fourteen million. Did they, was did they feel like they Daniel Jones wouldn't take anything under what he took? Is that I mean, is that the reason why they signed him to that contract? Because I don't think he's worth forty million dollars. That, that, that's what the mar- That's what the market was. You know, say I don't think if, if he's if he's got a good agent, his agent was probably like, no, hell no, you don't. You ain't taking a dollar less than whatever the market is. They ain't, he ain't I, I, trying to do. They ain't trying to do the Giants no favors. They trying no, to get no, all I, their money. I agree, but if 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 they gave him a four year, what sixty seventy four year one hundred twenty million dollar deal, four year one hundred forty million dollar deal, and then they could have taken that money that they had a little bit of extra and went to Saquon and said, okay, Saquon, we'll give you a three year forty two million dollar deal with thirty million guaranteed. I think Saquon signs the deal right away and it's done. 
because he's getting all this guaranteed money. I think it's about the guaranteed money now in the NFL more than it is about the contract. Yeah, no so one that, cares about the contract length because yeah. the guys want their guaranteed money because right, the contracts yeah, right. aren't guaranteed because the, the, the teams can just walk away from them and cut guys and the, then the rest of it's not guaranteed. Uh, right. So they, they want their guaranteed money. Now, I personally think they should, again, I said it off the top, I think they should have taken care of Barkley first before they take care of Daniel Jones. Yeah. I don't think I Daniel think Jones is worth that money. I mean, Nick knows in my feelings. I, you know, he the only great... people that think that Daniel Jones is worth that money, Jim, is the Giants front office because they had that. They're the ones that gave it to him. Right. Exactly. Do they have another choice. Well, they, they probably I, I, don't even. No, that was the problem. It. There was nobody out there that exactly. There, right. there, there was no one out there, and as you know, uh, Johnny said the market dictated what they were going to pay him. But it, I think it's just too much for a guy that did it for one season because again. I'm okay with the contract if he's taken later on and he's shown progression. That was his best year, new system. Got to follow it up now. Now it's put up or shut up for the, Daniel Jones. He cannot regress one bit. He yeah, needs more, to continue yeah. to take the steps that he's shown over the last year to say, okay, I could take this team even further because he's, there's still a lot of weaknesses in his game and he just can't rely on running the football. With his legs, he's got to be able to throw the ball down the field. And hopefully the weapons they brought in, you start with Waller, that helps. It's great. But, again, teams take away the running game. You're going to have to beat them through the air. Yeah, there's more pressure on them now than ever, Jim. Uh, I want to switch to some hockey stuff because uh, we had a huge retirement this past week. Uh, That's, you know, on Scott's team. How do you say his name? Is it uh, Patrice Bergeron? Bergeron. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'll let you I'll let you talk and then I'll let Scott talk because that's his that's his guy too. Yep. What's that mean for what kind of career was Jim uh, was Bergeron and uh, for us you know just semi casuals maybe even less of a casual. I mean, look, guy was the best two way center in the game. I mean, hands down, will go down as the best two way center ever to play the yep. game. I mean, he's up there with um, guys like uh, I'm trying to think of who's off the top of my head, Carbono, guys like that. You know. Yeah. It's Bob Gainey, you know, the legendary Canadian players. And then, you know, you, you have their, you know, Bergeron, what did he do? Quadruple gold club. He won a world championship. He won a World Cup of Hockey, two Olympic medals, a Stanley Cup, World Juniors with Team Canada. He's part of the, the best, probably the best draft class ever in the National Hockey League 2003. Just yeah. look at how many guys made pros, guys won medals, Stanley Cups. I mean, that's probably the best draft class anybody's ever seen. And you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer when he's eligible. He's going straight to the Hall of Fame. 37, by the way, 37 is going to be retired next year. They just don't know the game yet. He's 37 is going to the rafters. You know, one of the best Bruins ever. The guy was there for 19 seasons, heart and soul player. You know, you know the injuries he's had. I mean, think about it. Go back to 2013 in the Stanley Cup final punctured lung, broken rib, playing through that. I mean, yeah. the Bruins win a Stanley Cup 2011, 20 mm-hmm. points in the playoffs. Brad Marchand, Pasternak, this guy was a tremendous leader. The writing was on the wall after they lost in Game 7. You could see it. But the smart thing he did was he didn't make um, a decision right away. He took time to see if the fire was still there to play. And his body was just like, no, it's not. And he, 
when it, it wasn't there, he said, call it up. And a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to come back. He's not coming back. Bergeron is not coming back. He was at peace at that press conference. If you watched it, you could tell this guy was at peace. He's happy with the decision, going straight to Toronto when he's done, enshrined the Hockey Hall of Fame. And I don't want to hear, and I'm going to say his name, Mark Madden out of Pittsburgh. If you think he was underrated, I want to know the reasons why you think he's underrated. It's not just statistics. This guy, or overrated, I'm sorry, he was saying he was overrated. Not underrated. I think he's underrated. A lot of people don't put respect on his name. But Patrice Bergeron is not an overrated hockey player. Mark Madden, I want to know the reasons why. Because, to be honest, I don't know where you're coming from in this. I've watched hockey a long, long time. This he's just guy, a penguin guy. That's why. That's why I was going to say, that, that's just got to be hate right there, yeah, bro. That, yeah. It's Come just it, the classic. And then the classic just came out from all the guys throughout the league on behalf of Bergeron. This guy, one of the best to do it. For for two for almost two decades, he was the Bruins. Basically, it was him and Zdeno Chara for a de- almost a decade that were the Bruins. My brother's a season ticket holder with the Bruins, and we were talking the day after Bergeron uh, retired. He's a top ten Bruin, and there's no doubt about it in my mind. He's he's up there with Bobby Orr. He's up there with Esposito. He's up there with all those guys. He was the heart and soul of that Bruins team for years, years. And it, two years ago, there was talk of him retiring, and he came back. And the Bruins really needed him to come back for the last two years because if he, if he didn't, they'd have been in a world of hurt the last two years. So my hat's off to Patrice Bergeron. He is, he is one of the more underrated NHL players I've seen in the last 15 years, Jim, I'd say. I mean, um, he's the best face-off man I've seen in the game no in, no in a long time. Career 57.9% in the face-off dot. I mean, that's I mean that's a, that's great numbers. I mean anytime you need a big draw, thirty seven go out on the right. ice. Like yeah. even Bruce Cassidy was in Vegas and he sent a nice letter to Bergeron. I mean all these guys, they know what he means to the team. I mean look, he was part of two two thousand five Team Canada, probably the best Team Canada World Junior team. Yeah. Crosby was on that team. Dion Phaneuf. I mean the list goes on of guys that were on that team. Him, I think Crosby lobbied to play with Bergeron and Marchand at the twenty sixteen World Cup of Hockey. I mean, this guy's won two Olympic gold medals. He's done it all, and, and you could tell he was at ease at what he wanted when at that press conference. It was very classy, very great way the Bruins did everything, too. And two more points on him. When guys around the league are, are, are coming out and, you know, saying what they say about Bergeron, that tells you everything you need to know about what the NHL overall thinks about the guy. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's some kind of an award that, that comes – you know, down from the NHL, the Patrice Bergeron Award. At some you, point. Do you think they renamed the Selkie after him? He's won it six uh, times. I, I think so. I think so. I think that's the <laughs> what's way. That, what's the Selkie to us? Uh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the best defensive forward in the game. Bergeron's oh, yeah. won it a record six times. He just won yeah. a six this year. So mm. uh, that's a nice parting gift from the National Hockey League. Um, because guys like Kopitar, Nico Heischer are on the way too. I think Nico Heischer will win a couple of those awards down the line. You know, to be a finalist along with Bergeron and, and Mitch Marner, I mean, that's the high praise um, from the writers and guys out there. But, I mean, Bergeron, I mean, this guy, unbelievable what he did. Uh, just remarkable, the stuff that he played through. And you could tell his body just wasn't there. When you herniate a disc in your back, it's going to be tough. And he just didn't want to go through the grind anymore. Just guys just don't want to just get ready for that training camp. And you know what? And the, he's at ease. 
And the second thing with Bergeron is he's he had chances to go elsewhere, but he said, nope, I'm staying in Boston. This is where I was drafted. This is where I grew up, this organization. I'm staying here. I'm finishing my career in Boston, and I'm not going anyplace else. And to me, that's the mark of a, of a true, true player and person by saying, I'm staying with the organization. I'll take less money. I'll, I'll be here. I'll try to win a cup. I'll try to win another one. And he did everything he could to try to try to win that second cup. And I mean, if, it, if Boston if Boston had more depth scoring in 2019, they would have beat St. Louis. No doubt. Because when you get down 2 nothing in any game in that series, you, you felt like it was over because the Bruins weren't scoring enough. So. Once, once, once I knew St. Louis scored that first goal in game seven, I'm like, this game's over. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. not scoring. Yeah. They, they had chances. And you go back to that game, right? If Boston scores first, they're winning the game. But no Bennington was just on his game that night, and then yeah. it just went the other way. And once they scored, it was game over. <laughs> Jim, uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, Philip Gustafsson. He got, reached a three-year deal of uh, arbitration with the Wild. Uh, I was reading that the Wild are kind of backed up against the cap, and they got uh, this young kid in the AHL. Right, is Mark Andre Fleury? Is he going to be traded now? You think? Is he going to be? Is he going to be gone uh, from the Wild? And what team do you think he could go to? Well, I think this is Fleury's last year with the Wild, so he's probably going to be done after this season. And then uh, Wallstad will come up. Jesper Wallstad. He's out of Sweden. Uh, but this is a good deal for the team. They avoid arbitration. They get a three-year deal, eleven point two million, two five million. Uh, 3.7 AAV, and the funny thing is, is Ilya Samsonov had an arbitration hearing, him and the Maple Leafs, and he was awarded a 3.55 AAV on a one-year deal, and I said this was going to set the market for the rest of the goaltenders out there. Now, Jeremy Swayman of the Boston Bruins just had his arbitration hearing on Sunday. They have 48 hours, so we'll probably know tomorrow what the deal is. I have a feeling it's coming in between 3.55 and $4 million for uh, Swayman, because Gustafson signed at 3.75. You can thank Samson off for setting the market at 3.55. Uh, he's a great goaltender. You know, he was he was up and coming with the Senators, and then the Senators make the trade for Talbot, and now it looks really stupid because of what he did last year. But again, the, the Wild are up against the cap because of those buyouts to Zach Parisi and, and Ryan Suter, but Bill Guerin took a chance. He needs to make his team better. It's just the fact that you know, they have to be able to finish first in that division to avoid a tough matchup because they just can't run into a team like Dallas, like Colorado, because they just don't have enough of that power to get through those teams. They could always just be a perennial, you know, playoff team, but they just can't get past that first round. They have a good team. Um, you know, Kale Addison's next up. Uh, they're probably going to have to move out some money. Uh, it's probably not going to be Flurry because, again, he has the one-year deal, so probably at the end of the year, uh, and he's not going to waive a no-trade clause to move again. So I think that at the end of the year, just, they just won't bring him back. And, you know, they're going to bring up the young kid. And now the, the Wild will be in business again. And hopefully those buyout numbers will, with the cap going up won't be as bad. Hey, uh, Jim, uh, yes. is Tyson Bowery a wild card for the Preds? I was reading something about that today in the uh, uh, the Bleacher Report. Uh, Tyson Barry? Yeah, Barry. Sorry. Yeah, I mean Tyson. I Barry's see the U E R, and I'm like Bowery yeah. for some reason. Uh, 
Tyson Barry's a good player. I mean, what Barry Trotz is doing there, I loved what they did at free agency, to be honest. You take a gamble on Dennis Garionov. He's a great offensive player. We saw what he did in Dallas. Bring in Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen. Now, again, if they could have moved Soros, I think it would have helped them because, again, he gives them so many chances to win games. And the central division is such so tough because, mm-hmm. you know, you're stuck in that murky middle. If you get in, are they going to make it past the first round? Going to be tough. You know, just so many teams to pass there. But I like what the Preds have done. You know, I really, really do. I think Barry Trotz is, you know, taking care of some mistakes that David Poyle made at the end of his uh, tenure. Jim, let's let's talk about the East for a minute. There's, there's a team that you have banners right in back you. Are they the team that's going to yeah. challenge Carolina in the East to go to the Cup? Or is there another team that you see? If teams stay like they are right now and don't make another move. I mean, look, the Devils in Carolina are going to battle it for the Metro Division, no doubt. I think they're the two best teams in the conference right now until Toronto decides that they can be a part of that equation. Uh, the Atlantic Division is going to be fun to watch this year because the, the rising of Detroit, the rising of Buffalo, the Senators are going to be a playoff team uh, because Vladimir Tarasenko just signed their one-year deal. Jim, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just remember this. Um you know, unfortunately, the Blackhawks owner passed away, so he won't be able to see that 10-year rebuild. So rest in peace. and maybe Rest in peace, 10-year b- rebuild. Rocky Warts, he did. Uh, look, wow. As, wow. As, much as, as much as people want to talk about. Peace and peace. Peace and peace. As much as people want to talk about what happened with the Kyle Beach stuff, I'm going to just say what he did. Ownership with Kane, Taze, bringing respect back to that team. After some lean years in Chicago, they got their championships. You know, always sad day when an owner passes away. Uh, as far as, you know, back to the Eastern Conference, uh, the Atlantic Division, like I said, Senators, they just signed Vladdy Tarasenko, one-year deal, $5 million. That's a Debrinka replacement. Sen's got to make the playoffs. You know, Buffalo's up and coming. Bruins going to take a step back, possibly. I mean, you got Zaka and Coyle down the middle. They're going to go after Shifley. What's going to happen with Swayman, as we talked about earlier, you know, Tampa's still there, but again, they're a little older. They're a little different. You know, right now it's New Jersey, Carolina, to be honest. I mean, and if New Jersey can get a goaltender, they're probably the favorites to come out of the Eastern Conference. You just, again, you just don't know. It's so early. But if you look at it on paper, yeah, New Jersey, Carolina is the two best teams in the Eastern Conference right now because a lot of teams got older. Jim, you you mentioned Carolina, and they just uh, extended one of their. I guess he's probably their best player, maybe their uh, Sebastian Aho to an eight year, seventy eight million. Their GM said he's, uh, you know, one of the best two way centers in the in the league. Was that a deal they had to get done for them to continue to be that top of the team in the East? Yeah, they had a they had to sign uh, Aho to a deal. Uh, you know, look, this owner uh, Tom Dundon has been stingy on the money recently. Uh, especially that you saw when Dougie Hamilton left via New Jersey, he didn't want to go over that that eight eight five million season, but he had to do it with Aho because you just can't recycle players, and the team needs offense. Aho's one of their offensive juggernauts. You know he did he hasn't had a great playoffs when the Carolina Hurricanes get there. Now it's time to show, hey buddy, you got you got this money now. You're you're getting paid almost ten million dollars a season here. You need to you know. Step up. I know it didn't help that Sveshikov was injured. Pacioretty wasn't there. But I think, you know, Aho's going to get his game in business. You know, they bring Tony D'Angelo back again. They didn't want to sign D'Angelo to a $5 million deal 
uh, last year, and that's why he gets bought out by Philly, and then he resigns. You know, Carolina was in the mix for Tarasenko, but I just don't think they were willing to get to that $5 million range. I know there were reports that he there were multiple years at five-something. I'm not sold on it just because of the way the owner works down there, but that team's going to be good. Rob Brendamore's such a good coach, and they have that three-headed monster in net. So, yeah, Carolina needed to do this because you got to show willingness to sign your own guys and not let them walk. Was that a, a good team for a good deal for him or a good deal for the team or just equal, 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 equal. You get him at eight years, get him in a fair AAV. That's what the market is. Get him under 10, you know, just a perfect number. Uh, special costs there too. Tara Vinen. They have a nice young nucleus of players now that they're going to contend again. And they hope to get past that Eastern conference final, but they're going to have to play the devils in the Metro again. So, I mean, it's going to be, Whoever comes out of there is probably going to be the one going to the Stanley Cup final. Jim, let's uh, talk a little wrestling. Is MJF turning face on us? I mean, because by God, he'd be the best damn face in AEW. Before I mean, Jim goes, I like this MJF a lot. I really do. I, I mean, I think I've been a fan of MJF since the day he debuted in the company. This kid's just smart, understands the business, knows how to get over as a baby face or a heel. Look, the fact that this was just thrown together as like some segment as a blind eliminator. And the fact that they've turned it into what it is, it just says something about the talent and about what, and he just gets it right. And he's the hottest act right now. Those guys, you can agree or disagree about, you know, companies calling audibles and what should have happened. I'm okay with FTR winning on Saturday night. <laughs> yes, but I've been a I, fan of yeah. those guys since the day they debuted in NXT as a revival. And I think they should have kept the titles. So, um, But you could still do stuff with these guys not winning the titles. I mean, does it stink that the champion got pinned? Yeah, it's a page out of WWE. That's what happened with you know in that tag match with the Usos and stuff. But look, they're still so over. I think, yeah, I think the way... What played out on Collision, CM Punk coming out yeah. with the bag, yeah. reveals the AEW world title, puts an X through it, says he's still the real world champion. No one beat him for it. It's just great to see because you have this baby face on one side and this divisive guy on the other side. And when they collide, this is the match everybody wanted last year before the blow up at All Out. It yeah. was going to be MJF and CM Punk it at full gear. It's not yep. even that. He's like his promos. I don't know if you caught the uh, the, the after, after promo. Yeah, I did. Yeah, the after promo where he's talking, you know, talking highly of FTR, saying I can't remember who it was with whether it was Dax or. Um, he's like you, me, and you. We've always liked each other. Me and you, we we have never liked each other, but I goddamn respect you. you oh got yeah, to- Dax. Okay, he was talking about Cash Wheeler that they have been friends, but him and Dax are not. Yeah, you know. yeah, and then he's like, "You guys have been the, you guys are the best damn tag team in the world. This mm-hmm. is the best company in the world. Like, uh, I love AEW. I love professional wrestling. Like, we bond over that. Like, yeah. that's not heel. That's no. not heel uh, promos. That's face promos. I absolutely love it. MJF could, I, he could, he can do both." I don't know if they're really going to fully go face because he's been a whole full heel this whole time and he's so damn good at it. But, man, he's given us glimpses of, man, if he was a face, he could get over 
new doing no matter what he wants because he's just that damn good. I think I believe he's the best professional wrestler, especially on the microphone. There is uh, his in ring ability is really good too. Now I know he doesn't do a lot of crazy things, but he's smart. He's technical. Oh yeah, he's a, he's I, a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler. I, he's a great guy on the mic. Yeah, great so, guy on the mic. Uh, just so good at what he does. And we saw glimpses of it last year when he before he like went yeah. out with yeah. you know with the dispute and everything. We know what he can be as a baby face, and it and we've seen glimpses of it. And I think that if if this continues right now, this thing. You know, we know we're getting a title shot at it. The turn can happen at the title, whatever. But I hope maybe they go the other way with it and have Cole turn on him and have MJF just be this baby face for a while because we know it can work. It can go either way. I so, think maybe Roddy Strong does something. It'd be crazy. Go ahead, Scott. So I'm, I'm going to say this, and this, this may not make a lot of sense. I think Punk and, and MJF are wrestling at the Wembley show. I think both champions are going to come together and they're going to they're going to make one yeah. champion number one. Yeah. It seems to me, it seems to me after watching Collision Saturday night that Punk is the guy that's going to turn heel and MJF is going to stay as the babyface, and I think that's going to be full on blown up at the Wembley show where MJF's the, MJF is is perfectly fine playing the down the middle character. But I, I think him as a baby face for a little bit of a run here could be something that, that is big time in wrestling, even um, bigger than anything that's come across. Look, we, we saw how it happened in 96, 97 with Austin. A similar thing is happening here. Yeah. The crowd just tells you, you know, you got to go with it sometimes. And they turned mm-hmm. Austin. They had the double turn at WrestleMania 13 with Brett. I mean, and... You know, I, the, yeah, I think we could get something like that. Uh, Alan wants to know your thoughts on Hayes versus Dragoff last night. I'm, I'm, I haven't watched NXT in a long time, so I, I have not it. watched NXT in a long time. I uh, yeah. heard it was good. I'll check it out this week when I have some time. Uh, it's just a lot going on, and you know, I forgot the bash was on last night. To be honest, uh, it was. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting ready for SummerSlam, and I came. I was coming off like back to back great weeks of Collision. So I was kind of like just giving myself a night off from from wrestling and gearing up for a big weekend this weekend. Speaking <laughs> of SummerSlam, let's. I want to get your thoughts before uh, of SummerSlam before we get you out of here, Jim. I am very underwhelmed. I have outside of the Bloodline storyline, I just I am just meh. Am I going to watch it? Yes, but I of course not, you're going to watch it. I just I don't I don't feel great. Like I don't. It's Cody just, versus Lesnar. Yes, it doesn't do anything for you. No, yeah, really. a shit ton for me. Not really. It does a shit ton. What? Oh, Sam, what are you outside of LA Knight and the the thing that he's going to be involved in, uh, which we know you're you're a fanboy of? Uh, what? Uh, Stan. What, yeah, what, I'm an LA Knight Stan. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Go ahead. What, what, I, I what, what are you looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, I'm look, obviously, Cody Rhodes. I mean, the blood, the bloodline thing is fine. And I get that everybody's on it, and I get that you guys disagree with that. First of all, MJF should totally stay heel. I think he sucks as a babyface. So you can take oh, that. Back. Second uh, of all, <laughs> second of point number two. I listen to your point, so shut up. Anyway, so <laughs> point number two is uh, I'm happy that uh, they ha- basically had to force their hand to put LA Knight there after his merchandising sales went number one, three four and five 
in the sales. And now we're getting the SummerSlam where we're going to have the bloodline, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar, and LA Knight, who's really hot right now and over with the fans. So I don't think it's meh. Okay, that's what I'm saying to you. So here's, here's what I'll say about Brock Lesnar. Doesn't it seem like that after this match, he's going to disappear for a while? Yes. Yeah, yeah he's going to yes. be the Undertaker. He's just going to show up every now and then. That's what he's going to do. I, no, I think he's done. I think this could be his oh, last Oh, you think match he's like officially he's, done? Yeah. It's possible. That's I think possible. he's gone. I, see it. Yeah, I think he's gone. I just get the feeling that Lesnar ratcheted up so much. I get a feeling they don't have another storyline built in for Lesnar, and he – sees it and says, I'm done after this match. I'm going. But we don't we, we don't even know what this storyline was because that's well, never been beating the crap out of Cody. Us. Yeah. No, yes, but, yeah. But, but there's no been no explanation since that night on Monday Night Raw when he turned on Cody why he did it. There's been right. Right. You know, maybe we get the exclamation down the road yeah, is tonight. like yeah. is is or, Paul uh, Heyman comes out and says it was me, Cody I'm the one yeah. that told Brock. I, I knew I knew you me. were going to beat the tribal chief, so I I got Brock to beat you up like that. Yeah. There it is. Yeah, there yeah. it is. Simple. I mean, I I guess that I mean it's simple enough to where that that can happen. It's great. And Paul uh, Heyman but, face. Yeah, I mean, look, Paul Heyman. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, we'll see. I mean, look, I, I'm looking forward to see what we Debbie can get Downers. from Rollins and Balor yeah. again. <laughs> I want to see Rollins Balor again. Maybe Priest cash in somewhere along the line. Maybe EO cashes in too. I personally think, like, I I personally think they should have figured out a way to get LA Knight into the U.S. title scene, not the stupid battle royal. Exactly. Like, there's no reason. There's no reason for him to be in that. Like, again, I normally don't quote guys, you know, but Brian Alvin, look. Professional wrestling is fake and it's scripted. You can change the script, right? We don't have to have things set in stone and follow it. This is I why agree. it's called pro wrestling. And when guys are hot and over, you can change things, but you need to be able to but when you do it, you need to be able to write it out for things down the line and they've missed on that with a lot of things in both companies. It's not just it's not just I'm not being highly critical yeah. of WWE and I'm not being highly critical of AEW. But throughout the years, they've just not written it long enough to where it makes sense. Like, you know, we look at Austin Theory. The guy had one of the biggest rubs at WrestleMania. Baby and they haven't Cena, done ja- and, and they just they haven't done jack squat with him. Like, not. Yeah, nothing. Like, I said the same thing about Owens and, Owens and Sami Zayn. They same thing, done- too. I mean, you had things I lined felt, up. When I kind of felt like they started out hot and got cold. That's how but, I kind of felt. But this is the Zane. problem. When you yeah. don't invest in a tag team division, you don't have the proper tag teams. You just throw makeshift teams together all the time. Like, this is why you need tag team wrestling. Like, this is – it was a foundation uh, of professional wrestling for a long time. WWF, like, got – this is what built companies. Is people want to watch tag team matches. You go back – even before the Attitude Era, tag team titles, they mattered. And that's why AEW is so good with their division. I personally think they can utilize it better uh, because FTR should just not be running uh, through guys that are just two singles guys. They should be running through that division again. But, again, that's the problem with not having a proper division and just splitting up all these tag teams that are hot. Uh, you know, does it, eventually, does Chad Gable get a run? I mean, Gunther and McIntyre should be a, a slugfest. 
The history, history says at SummerSlam, the Intercontinental title changes hands. Who knows? I, well, what it, uh, uh, Billy Gunn leaving his boots out, that was uh, that kind of hurt me a little bit. I won't lie. Uh, part of storyline, a claim of yeah, winning trio styles. Be, oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I think so. I, I That's my opinion of it. It wouldn't surprise me either way. Like, you know, the guy's up there. He still does great. He does a great job. And, Jim, we'll uh, get you out of here uh, on oh, this. Dang. Give us your give us your uh, bold oh, prediction for SummerSlam. Yeah, get the hell out of here, Sam. I run the show. Tanner, uh, bold prediction. Well, I mean, I think you know. Bold, I'm going to go with it. Bold prediction. We're going to have a new Intercontinental Champion at SummerSlam. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre wins the Intercontinental He's title. Sam, I'll ask you the same question. Uh, what's your What's your bold prediction for SummerSlam? Uh, I think uh, I think he cash uh, Priest cashes in and gets the belt off of uh, Seth Rollins or uh, I'm sorry, Austin Theory. I think he cashes in. I'm ready. For he it. cashes in on Austin Theory. No, I'm sorry. He cashes in on Seth Rollins. Uh, so Escobar's going to win it. I don't think Escobar's going to win the U.S. title. No, I you don't think so. No, no. You don't think Scott, he what's your like uh, nice baby face? No, no. Oh, Escobar has curious. no momentum. He has no momentum. No nothing. Like he's no, just it's there. just like yeah. I just it kind of felt like they're trying to push it. You're right. And I don't right. think that fights that match is happening at SummerSlam. I believe it's happening on SmackDown. Well, by the way. yeah. yeah. I, I'm with the. Uh, at, oh, is it not? Okay, maybe I misread the card. Uh, Damian Priest catches in on film Balor. I think that would be really fun. I think that'd be really fun. Scott, you got a bold prediction? Jay Uso beats Roman Reigns for the title. Boom. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, that is bold. Yeah, that's bold. Buddy. Love but, it. But I don't think Jay Uso is going to hold it for a while. I think Roman Reigns is going to win it back again at the next pay per view. Oh, okay. that's what I. And then Cody's going to win at WrestleMania next year over Roman Reigns. That, that's what I think. I, I think. Uh, I think Jimmy returns and turns on Jay. There's a bold Whoa. prediction. Oh, I like uh, David that. Or, or, or does another? Or does gooses. another member? Or does another member of the uh, family show up? Yes, <laughs> Again, I will what believe is cooking. I will yeah, believe I love it. it. Thank you, I Nick. will believe it when I see it. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. The guy was rumored for how many months at rest for WrestleMania? Never yeah, happened. Don't be a jabroni. Don't be a jabroni, Jim. I'm not <laughs> being a jabroni. I'm being a realist. Exactly. If well, Rock, hey, until the Rock's music hits at SummerSlam, then I'll yeah. be like, okay. Hey, if that happens, if that music hits, I'm going to lose my shit outside. I will, I, I, yeah, I will hey, lose my shit. Yeah, I, will I will have tears. I will have tears right now. Let me ask you guys something. If if All Rock right. does return, would would you see it as Memo Hogan turn? Would you see it as the crowd pops for him big and then he turns and, and screws Jay Uso? Oh, Ooh, I would love that. I would love that. That would be great. Man, that, that would be, be awesome, man. I'll take that. Yeah, I would eat that up. That more <laughs> heel rock. I love it. Yeah, yeah love it. 
It's yeah. the rock. Love hits it. hits uh, Jay Uso Love with the one two three with the rock bottom. Give All right, Jim. We'll get hey, we'll get you out of here. Uh, we appreciate you. Legendary Always a pleasure, Jim. Covers all things hockey, Thank all you, things Jim. wrestling. Good <laughs> up, Mister Jim Berenger, everybody. Thank you, boys. Yeah, Enjoy your Monday night. Take Always care. a pleasure talking Relist with Jim you guys. Berenger. And remember, with everybody saying, everybody loves L A Yeah, yeah. Be safe, bro. Have a good night. Be safe. Have a good night, everybody. Sam just creamed in his pants a little bit. Johnny, what? <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and get us through this other ad read before we bring on uh, Mr. Baseball himself, <laughs> Mr. Grisham? Sorry, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to do uh, three things at all at one time. Hold on, and yeah, we know you can't even right. do two and a half things. Yeah, <laughs> you ain't lying. Just tell her to wait. Her <laughs> I only need to do two Jeez. things, and then I, I get I get the job accomplished. So I'm good. Um, <laughs> just just want to let people know about Owner's Box. Uh, Owner's Box is a daily fantasy app. Um, always use the promo code LTS and they will match you up to a $500 deposit, which is insane to me. Uh, but you don't have to put up $500. If you want to just put up a hundred, they'll match the hundred, 200, whatever, but they will match you all the way up to $500. Uh, there's more chances to win because there's more games on, on the, in the owner's box. Um, go to the ownersbox.com or download the owner's box app. Again, make sure you use the promo code LTS. And they will match your deposit up to five hundred dollars. Um, hey guys, we are in the middle of the trade deadline. Trade deadline ends tomorrow, I believe, uh, for Eastern. Uh, man, it has been going on. We've already seen Scherzer traded. Uh, there's reports Verlander is going to be traded. My Cubs are trading. They're not even trading away, guys. We're we're buying in. Uh, man, and to talk about it all is none other than Mister Baseball himself, Jonathan Grishman. Grishman. Jonathan, what's up? Uh, to me, the what trade awkward gentleman. silence. Oh, jeez. Hold, hold on, hold on, Jonathan. Hold on, Nick. Nick, can you spell the guy, guy's name that the Cubs got from the Nationals? Jared Candonier. He used to be our. Uh, he used to play for us, and we traded him to the Tigers for somebody back when we were good. And See, now, uh, the Cubs had to have him back. They can't win the World Series without Jaime Candelario. Heimer, that's his name. Jimer, Heimer. What's going on, Jonathan? Hey, I like the trade, Scott. And we got the Royals, uh, Royals reliever. Uh, Jonathan, to me, the trade deadline, there's there is uh, opening day, the all-star break, the trade deadline, uh, are the most three party exciting parts of all of baseball season until October, obviously. Yeah, I mean, this is the as far as all the sports that goes on, you in NFL, NBA, uh, MLB. In my opinion, MLB's trade deadline is probably the most exciting trade de- trade deadline that takes place because there's so many moving parts that are going on, and you just you're so especially this year because of how the rules of the schedule changed, and, and you have more teams involved as far as that are are talking about buying, and, and you're you're starting to see a little bit more of, of teams that. Are beginning to sell. Yankees are, are talking about a partial sale. Uh, sale. You, you, we didn't know what the Cubs were going to do. Uh, you you kind of had a little bit of an idea of what everybody was going to do, but now at the last minute, everybody's making their decision. So we had a lot more excitement this season, I think, in my opinion, for uh, for the trade deadline than we have in the past, just because of how the schedule has laid out. You have more teams that are at the moment contending, and not enough, not a lot of teams that are selling. That what we thought we we're going to do. So this is exciting. I, I, I love it. I, I, you're kind of seeing more going on right now, and 
And by four o'clock Eastern tomorrow, it should be even more. Like there should be moves left and right thrown around, trades uh, trades flying off the handle. It's a very exciting time right now in baseball. Yeah, it is. Um, and then I think that second wild cards that very helped out a lot of teams too, because it's like, hey, we're only four. You could be out of your division, but you're four back of the second wild card, so you can still kind of try to buy in and and go for the second wild card. The big news is obviously the Mets are uh, a. a Really, the one of the worst teams, and they're all shitty. And they're trading, traded Scherzer to the Rangers. Uh, what's your thoughts on there? And then the Rangers got even smarter. I like the trade for Jordan Montgomery more than I like the trade for um, Scherzer. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I was kind of more uh, high that they were trade for the Cardinals. The Rangers would trade for the Cardinals, whether it would be Flaherty or Montgomery. I've been saying that with with Allen and Scott. Uh, for the last month and a half, that I thought that was one of the main targets they were going to get was one of the one of the Cardinals pitchers. I think the Scherzer trade for the Rangers was more of an insurance type of move that they can make to assure themselves they have a pitcher who has postseason experience. And Scherzer has that. He you know you know been on a World Series team with the Nationals. He's pitched in the NLCS a handful of times with the Dodgers. He's had you know he's had a lot of postseason experience. So that allows you someone that you can kind of you can trust. Regardless, in my opinion, on on how he's performed the last two or three uh, postseasons that he's pitched in, he has the experience that no pitcher other than uh, – and Scott, tell me if I'm wrong here uh, – that uh, Nathan Avaldi has the posting experience, I believe, with the, with the, from the Red Sox uh, years ago. He was on the World Series yeah. team, I think. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So you have one pitcher who's – he's been up and down. He's on the IL currently. You need another one, and that's what they brought Scherzer in for. Who he's a good pitcher. Is he the is he the best pitcher in baseball that he was for a good portion, you know, the last five six years? No, he's not that anymore. But the experience he brings in the postseason is invaluable to a team like the Rangers, who's trying to hold off the Astros. So I get it. I get the it, it, I get the 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 why why they brought him in. It didn't cost too much. Yeah, you lost uh, Luis Angel uh, Acuna. You got some money in the deal uh, with Scherzer, so it didn't really hurt your farm. The process to where you can make that move to get Jordan Montgomery as well. So I, I, I get it. I, I like the Montgomery deal a little bit more for the Rangers, but the Scherzer deal uh, trade does make sense for them. So Jonathan, I'll ask you this, and you can't say it's the Taylor Hearn trade because you can't. You, that has that's out. What do you think is the best move so far? And I'll ask again tomorrow because the deadline will be over. What's the best move of the trade deadline so far, in your opinion? So far, so I, I think the Rangers have done a great job. I, I'm, I'll say this, I know the team, the most active team right now has been the Angels. Yep. I have not been excited for what the Angels have done. So I, I, I want to say to what the, the Rangers have done has been good. And I'll give you another one that's a bit more underrated. Blue Jays trading for, uh, for Hicks. Agreed. For Jordan, for, for Jordan Hicks, bring bring him in for for a pitcher that they need some bullpen help. That was a, that was a very underrated move that the Blue Jays made uh, in, in helping. I think they need to do one more trade though. I think they need a starting pitcher now. But yeah. that was a that was a very underrated move. So I'm I'm actually leaning towards just because of that of, of how important that is for them, and, yeah. and, and not to make this a Rangers show because I'm sure Allen will be ready for that tomorrow. Uh, I, I'm going to say as far as just the move itself of bringing in Jordan Hicks for the uh, for for the Blue Jays was a very important move for them, especially if they can make one more trade tomorrow to help that pitching step. I think they're going to do a really good. I think that would be a huge boost to their postseason uh, uh, opportunity. 
Yeah, that's a that's a perfect raise move getting Savali from the from the Guardians. Guy that's under the radar, that's not the big name, that's short money. That's the perfect raise move that they're gonna do. They just don't spend money at the trade deadline. That's the whole thing. And so I was underwhelmed with that move, with that trade, Savali. They need to do something else because right now the Orioles are on a, on a roll right now. The Rays need to do something else or they're going to lose touch with the Orioles, I think. you agree, Jonathan? I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, especially because Baltimore is active right now. They are very active and looking at players some trade. So you can't survive we'll add it by adding Savali to that, to that pitching staff. You need to do something a little bit more because if the Orioles get what they want, and there's a lot of talk right now, a lot of conversation – about Verlander, I don't think that's going to be. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. But they are going to bring a pitcher in tomorrow at some point tomorrow. If the Orioles get one of the guys that they are high on, you're going to be in very big trouble if you're Tampa. So you have to add another pitcher. You have to add another player into the uh, into that roster into that pitching staff. I just don't know if they really want to do it because they don't. They value their farm so much. They value their young guys so much. They don't necessarily want to part with them unless it's someone who's a major leaguer that's under control for a few years, which that rules out a lot of guys that are available right now. So I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what they're going to do um, at, at, at tomorrow. And if Baltimore gets their way, they could make them a big move, a big splash that really gives them the division. They've been on the, the reports that they are in on um, Verlander. Do you think that's possible? I just think that's, they're going to make the Mets eat that or even Dylan Cease. I'd love Dylan Cease to go to the O's if uh, more than I would like Verlander. Yeah, I, I would. I would be more high on Dylan Cease, but I think I think Cease is a free agent at the end of this year. I I, I believe he is. I could be I could be off on that one, uh, but I, that, would, that would make more sense as far as your clubhouse men, uh, mentality. A younger team, younger you know, Cease is a younger pitcher. He may fit in a little bit better than what a Verlander is, and Verlander and, and I don't know Verlander how available he is. I know there's some. Talks after after uh, there was a yesterday start uh, that, that he was not really happy about how things are going or the last, one of his last starts he made a lot of he made a, has been a lot of talk uh, about how uh, being outspoken against the Mets front office right now uh, but I don't I don't see him being a, a player that's going to get moved unless it's the one there's one team and that's the Houston Astros because he's familiar with them he's very he's familiar with the organization the owner. That would be the only team that I would think that he would move, he would waive his no trade clause for. I don't think he would go to Baltimore. I don't think he would go to Atlanta. I don't know about LA, I, I, but I, and at the same time, I don't know how much LA even wants him. I know there's been some conversation about the Dodgers, but, but I, I don't really know where that fits as well. So the only team that I could see that him he'd be wanting to go in a trade that he would waive his no trade clause to would be Houston. But at the same time. Does the Mets really want to do that? Because as a, 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 you know, you traded Scherzer, and if you trade Verlander, who do you have to replace them as far as in yes. your farm system? Or they don't have anybody, so they're you're you're essentially guaranteeing yourself that you may you may get caught by the Nationals and be a last place team with a payroll that's still minus Scherzer. And, you know, you're still paying a good a portion of Scherzer, but you take Scherzer and Verlander's out, you're still paying almost you know two hundred you're paying two hundred sixty two hundred seventy million dollars to you know to your to your club. With, you know, and you're a last place team, so I, I don't see how they can justify making that move. But it would be smart, but I just don't see them doing it. Sure, just the only person in MLB history to get 15 million by three teams: the Nationals, the Mets, and the, the Rangers, all paying them 15 million. So there's the, the thing: team. if you Nick, Nick, and Jonathan, and, and guys, if you move Verlander, the Mets need 
because Carrasco is washed. He's done. He's completely done. The Mets are gonna if they move Verlander, the Mets are gonna need four starting pitchers next year after Kota uh-huh. Sengai. Four pitchers. You can't you can't expect you're gonna get four starting They'll pitchers. They'll go out and buy them, Scott. Their, their owner, we already saw their owner throw money away. Know, but I don't know if anybody's gonna want to come to the Mets next year as a free agent. That's the whole point. Unless the Mets are the only team that's bidding for them. I don't think anybody's gonna want to go there because it's just a mess right now. So yeah, they'll have the money, but as we kind of saw, here's the here's the. I'll go this a little bit further. We kind of saw what this free agent class looked like for pitchers, and not a lot of them have done anything major to help a team be a winner. Right. So, are you going to really bank yourself on trying to add three or three free agent pitchers in this class of free agency? I, I don't know, especially if they try if they do try to make Shohei a priority. And they fail to sign Shohei Otani, then what do you do? You're going to have to overpay. You're going to have to overpay guys, and you're going to be in the same boat that you're in currently right now with a flawed roster. So they're they're in a very very tough position right now. The Mets are, especially if they go down that road of of trying to go after Otani. They fail to get Otani, and they're going to have to overpay you know overpay pitchers to even bring them in. I mean, you could look at – I'm looking at it right now. Marcus Stroman would be maybe an option, but he was already in New York. Does he want to go back? I, I don't know about that one. Uh, you know, looking at Clayton Kershaw as a free agent uh, after the season, uh, Charlie Morton, Martin Perez. There, there's, you know, at, there's not a lot. Julio Urias, maybe. You could probably overpay him for the Dodgers, but he's not a number one guy that you're going to need to give the ball to, you know, it, you know, opening day and the number one guy to go win ball games for you. You know, so this this free agent class is not great. What do you do if you if you're the if you're the Mets? If you do decide to trade Verlander, you're going to be in a very tough position and you're going to have to overpay somebody that's out there just to get up just to have a pitching staff ready to go. And by the way, Jonathan loves this Mets turmoil. He absolutely oh, yeah. loves it. So. <laughs> Jonathan, uh, the Dodgers have been buying a lot here. They've been making some moves. It seems like they've kind of replaced their shortstop uh, from Sam's Guardians. They've added some pitching. Uh, is this move going to finally, you know, kind of secure them in the a- NL West? Yeah, I, I, I don't because I know the Giants are kind of still figuring out what they're going to do. Uh, you know, there's been talks about them making a trade. Uh, there was a, a, a rumor going around about them, you know, trading for Vaughn Grissom with the Braves, um, which would be a, one of their pitchers would be part of that deal, whether it be Alex Cobb. Uh, I don't think they're going to trade Logan Webb, but Alex Cobb would be one of them that, uh, that would be a, a part of that deal if they, if they go down that road. So I don't know if the Giants are really all in to compete for the division. I think that the Diamondbacks have come back down to earth uh, quite a bit uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks or so. So if the moves pan out, and that's a question mark right now for the Dodgers because they're, they're kind of fluttering too at the moment as well. They're four and six out of the last 10. They're not pulling away, even though the Giants are also four and six and the Diamondbacks are two and eight in the last 10. This is the time where the Dodgers, we've seen in the years past, they pull away and they win the division at this point. We haven't seen that right now, and I know you know getting Amad Rosario was a, was a good move because you needed a shortstop. But Amad Rosario average to above average, you know, shortstop. So how much better is it going to be? I don't know. We'll see here in the next couple in the next couple of weeks to a month, just how much of a difference maker he is. But 
this is this is kind of a, we've talked about before, and I've, we said this on Tuesdays uh, about the Dodgers. There's still something something still doesn't feel right about them. They you know something just still doesn't feel right that they, they are the best team in the in the West in the NL West right now, but the the margin's still not very big. They're, you know they're hanging they're, they're letting the Giants and Diamondbacks hang around right now, which in years past that doesn't happen. So I think they need to do another move the, in, in the pitching staff. They're gonna need to get one more just to kind of make sure they can push themselves a little bit further ahead and kind of get a little bit more breathing room. Otherwise, this, they're going to be kind of letting these teams hang around for a little bit, and that's going to be kind of nerve-wracking in L.A. Jonathan, they did, what are the uh, – oh, oh, go ahead, Sam. Uh, the Guardians, are, it doesn't appear, are going to be moving Shane Bieber anytime soon. Do you think that's a good move, or is that a bad move? If he wasn't hurt, I think that would have – if he didn't get his elbow hurt, they would, they would have been able to trade him. The problem is, is you don't know – the long-term effects of this season for Shane Bieber's arm to how long it's going to hold up. And I think right now that no team, it's not necessarily by their choice. I think if they had the opportunity to trade Shane Bieber, they'd, they'd still do, they would be able to do it. But, right. the, but the issue with the elbow and, and, and that's just, that scares teams so much right now, even if there's no structural damage yeah. at the moment, yeah. how long is until there is something that's wrong. If he makes a start or he comes back. So, there's a lot of question marks with Bieber. I think if they had the option to, they would trade him, and they'd move on from him and just and get what they can get, you know, get as, as many prospects as they can. But they have no choice right now, which if they don't trade him now, they will trade him in the offseason. That's going to more likely be done, uh, you know, in, uh, in the hot stove uh, after the season ends. Shane Bieber won't be in Cleveland much longer at that point just because the at that in that stage, the, the value goes back up. Once the value goes back up, you can be able to make that move and be able to make that trade. Right now, they just can't do anything about it. Hey, John, do you think, do you think we're going to see a, a, a blockbuster move uh, before the deadline tomorrow? Or, I mean, have we pretty much had it already as far as the Scherzer? I mean, it's so, now that San Diego saying they're going to hold on to Juan Soto, do we do we see something happen? The Cubs actually won a few games in a row, so now they're not going to trade uh, Cody Bellinger. Like so we want six in a row there. That's a, a not a blockbuster few or, or a big name uh, get <laughs> traded tomorrow. I, I don't. I, I don't think. I think we're going to see some some good moves. I don't see a blockbuster move unless somebody blows the Padres away for Blake Snell. I think that would be that would be the big blockbuster move that could happen. But at, at the moment, right now, I, I you know as you said, Bellinger's not going to get traded. The Cubs are right in the thick of the uh, of the Central race, four games back. Uh, they are. Three games out of the three wild, back to the wild card. Yeah, three. So, so you have Bellinger staying. Stroman, I, Stroman, I still feel like they could move just because they know there is no, there's no long term play for Stroman in in Chicago. But he wants to stay. He wants to stay. So there is a long term. They just don't want him. That's what I'm saying. Like he wants to stay. We talked about this. I talked this with you, uh, Nick, before. Like he's been vocal yeah. about wanting to be on the north side, but the but the ownership doesn't has has made no interest to want him to be there for long term. So I, I could see the Cubs moving Stroman just because, like, hey, we don't we're not going to pay you. We're not. Which I, I I don't understand. I don't. You know, Stroman's a consistent good pitcher, and he can't find a home. You know, to stay long term, whether it was Toronto, whether it was New York, whether it was Chicago. Now, I don't understand. Send him to Atlanta. I'd love for Marcus Stroman to be in Atlanta and be behind Max Fried and Spencer Strider and, and be able to be a two or three, just be, and, and let him be home there for a while. But I think it, Stroman could be. I think if the Padres get blown away for Blake Snell, that could be a, a big move that that gets made. But 
to answer the question, no, I, I don't. I don't think we're going to be seeing a big blockbuster move just because I, I, I think the market's kind of cooling on those names. The teams know that, and they and they said Padres, even though they're they're not doing well this year, they're still set up for next year. You know, and that's what they've what? Kind of, even if they don't even if they don't make that run this year, they still are. They have guys that are lined up long term for next season as well, and they don't want to really give up on that. So, and they may want to find a way to keep Hader and Snell long term after the season. What do they do? Because, like, I mean, they're four back of the wild card right now, but they're eight back of their division. Like, do they just stay pat and just say, "Hey, we still think we can win this wild card," and we're just gonna we're gonna say, or do they do like a mini sell where they where we see Hater or maybe Snell go? I, I think they stand pat. I, I, like I said, unless they just get blown away, which who you know who's who's gonna do that? The mark like, if we're kind of seeing. And I, I, it's kind of surprising to me that the, the, the relief pitcher market hasn't really been as high as I thought it was going to be. And I know there's been a lot of interest in guys, but we haven't seen, you know, the, the, the high price guys really get a lot of talk about. We've been seeing a lot of the, 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 uh, the mid-level relief pitchers get moved and Jordan Hicks, uh, Jordan Hicks being one of the higher end, the pitchers that got moved so far, but, we haven't seen, you know, you know, we haven't really heard much about David Bednar. We haven't heard much about Daniel Bard. We haven't heard much about Hayter lately. So I, I don't know if the market is there for them to get traded. And if that's the case for the Padres, you're not getting a haul back for those kind of guys. You're going to just hold them. You're going to hold them and try to make your run this year and go from there with that. And, and if it works out and you make the postseason, you look like a genius. If it doesn't, hey, you know, We'll we will figure out what we do financially. We have a lot of money in San Diego. We'll make a move, and if we lose those guys, we get a compensatory pick, and we go find another relief pitcher that we can bring in and go from there with. So it, there's there's a little bit of more options for San Diego. But they're they're still in a little bit better shape than some teams that are in a seller's position, just because they do have a lot of talent on their roster. They just have underwhelmed right now, and that would be a different conversation to have in San Diego, but you still have something and you're not completely out of it right now as far as a wild card spot. So it would make sense to stand pat. So Jonathan, do you, do you think all these trades that happened early were because teams were worried about getting other teams involved at the deadline? I mean, the last day you hear all these teams usually involved four or five teams involved in like a Scherzer or somebody else. It's smart of teams to hit it early because if they hit it, hit these trades early, then the, there's no teams involved but them. So do you think that's the case this year more so than any other year? Is that teams were worried if we don't get them early, we're not going to get them? In, in a way, yeah, I, in a way. And I think we kind of saw, you know, go, as I said, go back to as far as the names of the, of the players who have been on the market and who did get traded. Aldis Chapman was a really big name. We talked about that with Allen. Yeah. And it, the, the Rangers didn't give up a lot. So to get Chapman, which was a little bit surprising because Chapman was having a really good year for the Royals, you know, know, being part of the season on a very bad team, and they didn't get really all that much. So they kind of – it made it look like the market was going to be hot, a high market, but it it hasn't turned out that way. So teams – I think think teams took advantage of what the market really was for trades and – and we're kind of seeing it fall into line the same way right now as we get close, as we're now, you know, less than 24 hours, you know, much less than 24 hours away from the trade deadline uh, coming up. But the market just never really heated to what we thought it was going to be. I'm so surprised by that. And teams took advantage of it. Absolutely. And, and you didn't, ha- and you didn't have as many teams you're competing against 
you know, in June, uh, in early part of July at that point to make trades. So, yeah, I think we saw that happen. Teams took advantage of a cold market, which was surprising. And you're seeing a little bit of those teams benefit right now. Now, how that make how that affects tomorrow, we will find out and see. Because if, if it all of a sudden blows up and we see these guys just sort of being traded left and right and, and you know, they're kind of getting overpaid a little bit to make those deals – that changes the complexion and those guys who made those trades early on geniuses. If it doesn't happen, I, I think you have to sit back and wonder what, why, why did, why was the market overblown to, to what it was supposed to be, but it never, it never took shape. I think that's going to be an interesting look outlook over the next few weeks. Does it, does it seem weird the Yankees have made zero moves? I was, I was just about to ask you, you made the comment about they maybe have some, I think they should sell. To be quite honest, because I don't see a move I think they should too. that they can make that's going to make them that much better, where they'll actually be able to compete for a title. So why not? Why not? You know, Glaber and a couple of relievers trade them off and try to get something for these guys. Because what what, here's the, the, the my answer to the, uh, to your question is a question is what is the value of Glaber Torres? Like, I mean, con- controllable middle infielder who's an average player. I mean, you're like that's not a sell. Like if you're selling, you're selling the you're selling your big price guys, and you're gonna have to eat a, again. We talk about the Mets. Mets sold Scherzer. They they sold they sold David Robertson. They sold Scherzer. They ate money in the process of getting maybe one or two one or two prospects. And and when, if you're gonna sell, if you're the Yankees, you gotta sell the big guys that you have. You gotta sell Rizzo. You're gonna have to sell you know Donaldson. You're gonna have to sell somebody you know somebody that you're just gonna have to unload. But the problem is, is for the Yankees, they can be in a partial sale they want. Who wants these guys? That you know, who, who wants Donaldson's contract? Who's a you know, th- you know, late thirty-year-old, uh, you know, third baseman who can't past stay healthy? Prime. Yeah, very, you know, very fast. Prime can't stay healthy. DJ Lemayu, who's going to want DJ Lemayu right now? Not, again, I love DJ Lemayu. I love DJ being a LSU guy, but he's not, he's past his prime and he's not doing a lot right now. And he can't stay healthy. Glaber Torres, if, you, if Glaber Torres position-wise is your best tradable piece, you're in trouble in a, in a, in a, to be a selling team. So, what if you're the you're the Yankees are they're they're in trade purgatory right now? They can't do anything. They can't buy and they can't sell because nobody wants the contracts that they paid these guys, and they're underwhelming. If you had a little bit more production out of some of these guys, easier to be able to trade. But you know you're not getting anything out of them offensively. You're not getting any production from them. Why take the risk if you're a team to make that move? That's why like the Marlins interested in Glaber Torres makes no sense to me because you already have an abundance of middle infielders in Miami that you're trying to move guys around. You have John Birdie playing third base sometimes. You have Jazz Chisholm playing center field. You're moving guys around. What are you going to do with Glaber Torres? You're going to put him at third base? Absolutely not. So there's not a lot for the Yankees to really be able to do to sell just like they clearly can't be a buying team right now. So they're stuck. And I, I I'm, I'm not shocked right now that they're, they're not able to make any moves. I don't, I don't see anybody really saying, yeah, I got to have that guy who's on the Yankees and let's have a conversation to see how we can make it work. And you eat some of that money. There's nothing there for them to do that. Plus Rizzo last night, watched last night's game. Oh, for five, five strikeouts last night. He looked bro, bad. They're, they're all, they're all, they're all he's hot. Horrible he's hot seasons, he's cold. He's cold. I, I mean, they're I love Rizzo. Cold. Cold. Yeah, he's ice cold right now. He's ice yeah. cold they're, right now. They're ice all cold, cold bro. Yeah. If you name yeah, Aaron Judge, you're having a yeah, down year. Bro. 
I, I wanted to say this. They had uh, Herman was supposed to start. He got scratched. So I think they almost had a deal in place for him to be traded. And then they bring him in as a reliever. I, I, maybe a trade fell through. Or what do you think happened there, Jonathan? There's a lot of different reports. They're saying that there was a potential trade. Uh, there was an injury that was that that got reported that miss that was misreported. I, I don't know that, and that's just that's the is that the cherry on top of the Yankees right now? There's just a, you know, it's kind of been a little dysfunctional. I mean, I mean tell, tell me about that. I mean, like it's that's bad, the, bro. That, that's the that's the cherry on top right now. That is just that is putting that, that's the best description of Aaron Boone's 2023 for New York right now. And there's so much there's just so much out of out of the realm of what's going on in in the Bronx. I think they, they nobody really knows. So I don't, was it a, was it a trade deal that fell through? If that's the case, that's on Brian Cashman then, which is another one who's probably going to lose his job here at the end of the season. And if it wasn't a trade uh, that went yes. through, it was more of an injury that was misreported. That's on Aaron Boone then. So something, somebody, some somewhere, somehow got screwed up and completely thrown in a in a loop that. Is the true definition of the New York Yankees in 2023? Hey, I'm all here for it. The Cardinals are in last. The Yankees are in last. I'm all here for it. It's a great baseball season. I don't even care if the Cubs, what the Cubs do. Is the Yankees and Cardinals are in dead last. So right. I'll, the Cubs I'll, ask, I'll ask you guys, Johnny Petty, and Jonathan, and Nick, Petty especially. Do, do you guys think Boone and Cashman are both gone at the end of the year? Or do you no, think it's I, I, w- I wish it would happen. It's. For some reason, it seems like Brian Cashman is basically a, a, a part of the Steinbrenner family uh, because it seems like he has a lifetime contract, even though I he's the one that put this roster together, and the roster is old, unathletic, and like Jonathan said, nobody wants none of those pieces that they got. So yeah. they, they like he said, they're stuck there. They, there's nothing that they can do. There's a couple of young relievers that they might be able to trade, but again, those are young relievers. Why do you want to trade those? So it's just bad contract. After bad contract, bad trade, that Stanton trade was one of the worst things. Like, I went on a awesome. rant. Shout out. Check out the Johnny Crusher. I went on a nice rant about the my frustration with Aaron Boone and with Brian Cash with the whole organization. Like, they're not even fun to watch, bro. It is yeah. complete dysfunction. Yeah. I think Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman should go. I don't see Brian Cashman going, but Aaron I Boone. Think Boone's gone. When, when, you, when you say in a press conference yeah. after your team struck out 18 times that aside from the strikeouts, I thought our guys put together good at bats. Are you are you tripping? Like seriously, eighteen strikeouts, but they put together good at bats. Come on, man. Uh, Boone is gone at the end of the season. I th- actually think Brian Cashman gets reassigned. I think Brian Cashman will just be the team president, and they will look for a new general manager. They're not they're not going to fire Cashman uh, and remove him completely from the team. Like he's, like like, John, like Johnny said, I, you know he's part of the he's basically part of the Steinbrenner family. He's yeah. he's got he's got so much cachet for the franchise that they'll reassign him and and keep him on board in some capacity. But they're going to fire in a new general manager just because of kind of there's no justification that has of him as a general manager of what's going on in New York with the contracts with the deals like it, you and you have one of the oldest rosters together with the young guys that you have in your farm coming up and have done absolutely nothing in uh, this season as well. You had the youth movement opportunity and you have failed in the youth movement opportunity along with the older rosters not doing anything, especially in today's 2023 baseball game where the pitch clock makes the game faster. Young athletes handled this better. Older athletes, and we've kind of seen so far, and we've talked about this with you guys, older athletes are struggling at this point of the season to keep up with this with the speed of the game. Younger athletes are, are, are maintaining. 
So you're 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 stuck right now. So I think Cashman is gone as a general manager, but he stays on as team president. Aaron Boone, it's already it's already on the wall. And and if he if they stay in last place in September, I don't think he finishes the season. I think they probably at that point if they get eliminated from the postseason play, he gets fired immediately. Jonathan, we'll get you out of here on this. I got a two part question for you. Uh, what do uh, the Guardians do? Uh, they are, it seems like they're sellers, but they're only a half game out of first. And is somebody in that division going to win this thing and make the playoffs with a sub 500 record or at 500? I don't know if that's ever happened in the history of baseball. Guardians. Get ready. <laughs> the Guardians have to sell. They're going to have to. I don't, I, again, I, yeah. I've said this with, with on Tuesdays with, with with Alan Scott as well. Like, okay, if the winner of this division, it gets a participation trophy. Thank you for hey, thank you for qualifying. You get to play a, a real pl- pl- playoff team. Thank you for your two three games that you'll play, and we'll send you off on your vacation from there. Like, there's there's no there's no justification that this. I watched the this, Twins play last yesterday live, and they got beat by the Royals uh, two to one. And I mean, <laughs> they, the Twins got swept by the Royals. They they, they stink. Yeah. You know, you'd have a good like. I watched them live, and I was like, I, "Who the?" I felt like, "Who the fuck are these guys?" Check, check, check. Tune in tomorrow. Tune in tomorrow, <laughs> I, I, and that's what Scott's on. No, Scott's about to up. Tune in tomorrow because I stupidly I have my damn I, I have my damn list still right here my power rankings for July, July. my power rankings for July and stupid me put the damn Minnesota Twins in the top 10 of the freaking list so tune in tomorrow because I'm an idiot freaking minute rant about how dumb I am for believing a NAL Central team should be in the top 10 rankings absolutely not um, so uh, uh, yeah check it out tomorrow Check that in tomorrow. What, what time is the show tomorrow, Scott? What time is the show? 4 p.m. Eastern. There you go, people. Hey, Jonathan, Scott likes you as the co-host because he remembers that he has a baseball show uh, on, <laughs> on Monday nights, and he never mentions that him and Alan do a show together on Sundays. He, so you you uh, are the reason he shows up to that show. Two-thirds of us on the baseball show put the Twins in the top ten of the power rankings. And one wah, of them was wah, not me. That's all I'm going to say. So, my honest opinion, I don't really care who wins this division. I, I, you know, I, Are I, they going to finish above 500? No. No. We're going to have a first know. baseball team not finish above 500, do you think? To win the I thought it happened once. I think I had researches. I think it happened once, uh, once before. I thought the San Diego Padres. Uh, did it once in the either early 2000s or the uh, late 90s. Well, I, I, I know the Padres did, you know, I don't know if they won the division, though. I have to go back and research on that. But I thought it happened one other Alan, time. look it up. I know you're in the comments. Look it up. I know right. Alan's the, the numbers guy. You have to look it up. Yeah, so like I said, yeah, Alan. but I mean, at the same time, though, I, I, I don't care. I, I, I don't care who wins this division. <laughs> I don't care. Because no matter who it is, and I, you know what, I hope that I hope the damn Tigers just find a, just get hot and win eighty games and win the division, so Miguel Cabrera can have a chance to be in there and and you know play his two games in the postseason, send him off into the sunset. I don't care about this. I hope, I hope they finish below five hundred and they win the damn the whole damn thing. That's what I hope. I just hope that's that's that how a, that would be the complete twenty twenty three thing to happen. Is is. 
you know, a team in the, the AFC. Minnesota Twins that you have at 10. Minnesota Twins, oh, you know, finish under 500. They win the division, and they are all of a sudden the hottest team in the postseason, and they run the table. That would be the complete 2023 thing to happen. But at the point right now, I'm not putting money on that. I'm not even saying that that could happen. I don't care. I don't care about the Twins. I don't care about the Guardians. Sorry about that, but that's, I've lost all hope. <laughs> I, I completely – I said – they, participation trophies, what they're going to get. So, no, I don't want to. I'm so pissed off at myself for buying into a to fool's gold of what the Minnesota Twins were, and I'm I'm done with them. So I'm done with the division. I, I'm absolutely you know done with it. Yeah. Don't dead to him. Dead to him. Yes. Way to piss off our guest there, man. I think hey. the first five minutes of the baseball show tomorrow, I'm going to have to host so Jonathan and Alan can can. I am taking a very late lunch tomorrow so that I can so that I can watch the show tomorrow oh, at work. Yeah, I'm listening. And, and, and Jonathan's comments. This is what he said. I'm putting the Twins at ten. Twins, you better not you better not let me down and screw it up. And sure enough, the Twins went out and lost five of the next six. Yeah, as soon as I say that, all of a sudden I get a message from from Alan and uh, and Scott that the, that day. Hey, Twins lost. The next day. Twins lost again. Next day, Twins lost. I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> Last thing I like happening is making myself making myself wrong and look like a fool. And the Minnesota Twins made me look like a fool. Oh my god! Well, you do that every day when you represent the LSU Tigers. So you know what I'm saying. Oh, <laughs> oh. No. I mean, hey. with the dagger. <laughs> don't, wow. don't hate that my LSU baseball Tigers probably be the, would win the AL Central right now if they were playing. <laughs> so, my goodness, I mean, we would have you know we would have the best pitcher and the best two hitters and Paul and and Tommy White and Dylan Cruz. So put LSU, send the LSU baseball team to the American League Central, and we win the division. <laughs> John, the Red Sox petitioning to go to the NL, uh, the AL Central. The Red Sox are petitioning. I don't know if it's going to happen. <laughs> what do you got going on this weekend as far as Alpha? Oh, we are starting fall practices uh, this week. So we had some time off. Everybody got to rest and relax. I got to hit the golf course and relax a little bit. So we, we start back up on Wednesday. Practices, uh, doing nothing but workouts, uh, kind of getting some tryouts, get adding some players to the organization, uh, and then getting ourselves ramped up for fall tournaments here in, sept- uh, in September. So we have a nothing but you know workout-wise uh, training, teaching, educating our athletes how to work out and how to train at the same time, kind of be finding ways to fine tune and improve our mechanics and improve our skill set as ball players. So we're going to have a, a, a lot of work to be done. Uh, it's very exciting time for uh, that. I view this. I love this part. This is what I want. I'll say this. I'm one of the few retired players that actually love to train and work out and, and practice. I miss this part. So this is something that I kind of, you know, educate this, uh, the athletes on and on why this is so important and we get us ready for the next uh, that next step of the season. So we start fall practice on Wednesday. Uh, we'll do a, a workout on uh, gym day. So our our twelve U two eighteen year olds will be in the gym on Friday uh, again, teaching our teaching our athletes how to work out uh, the proper mechanics and techniques that's necessary to one do things the right way, but also at the same time do it the right way to keep us healthy and safe. Uh, big aspect of of being an athlete is being able to train correctly and safely so i'm very excited i love this part of the uh, of the of the season uh the, the time that we have and it's a big part of it for, uh, for them to learn this awesome bro awesome That's hey so well we appreciate you joining us every monday man who hates the mets and the twins everybody no one other than mr baseball himself jonathan grisham right. thank you appreciate it guys
<laughs> Have a good wow. one, bro. He just put the whole division in the wood chipper. <laughs> he, he just put, he just put the, everybody on. Blast. I was sitting there like, that but how great. do you really feel, bro? If, if you, you want to hear a rant tomorrow, listen to the baseball show. He's going to totally go off on the Twins. I can just Dude, tell. I'm it's serious. Coming. I'm, I'm going to take a late lunch tomorrow. Um, and take I'm gonna take lunch from from four to five. I just won't take lunch until the end of the day, so I can watch that show. That's gonna be that's gonna be fun. oh, it's gonna be classic. But hey, yeah, we'll go ahead and get I, our I, final. I, okay, all right. So, my, yeah. Why you, oh, you're my, just cutting off everybody today. Dude. I am. <laughs> hey, we're we out. Pan we out here, so he's going crazy. Um, yeah, my final thought is I wish that they would move Brian Cashman. To, a, to the president's role and get a new general manager for the Yankees. Do something. Um, but it, it's just, it's like I said, I went on a rant earlier on, on the Johnny Cruz show, so check it out. Um, if, if you get an opportunity, I went on a rant about the, the Yankees because, again, that was the stupidest thing I ever heard a manager say. And a manager who has been in, the, in baseball his whole life, his dad played, his grandfather played, his brothers played. For you to say, aside from the strikeouts, 18 of them, by the way, I thought they put together good at bats. Like, bro, like all your credibility is gone. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're so full of shit. You, but people but to, his, he, I, to his, I'm going to rebuttal that. To his credit, you can strike out and still have a good at bat. If you're looking at three pitches, bro, maybe not. 18. But I get that. But you can still have a good at bat. If you're fouling off, looking at pitches, you know, I'm not saying 18. No, I, I, I get it's possible. Yeah. For one or two of them. Yeah, yeah, one, one or two, two of them. Yeah, Maybe not on, 18, bro. probably not. The, but the I'm worst saying... part is that it's constant, Nick. I mean, it don't, like we can get our asses beat like 10 nothing and just get completely destroyed. And he's like, yeah, but this guy had a good at bad. And this guy get made good contact. Like, bro, get upset. Like, like there, he is so scared to you say get anything at all negative about his team. Because that's what got Joe Girardi fired. Yep. Is him making a comments about Sanchez, and then all of a sudden, like you can't, you can't put pressure, you can't get critical of your team. That's ridiculous, man. That's why, I, that's why I think Brian Cashman has to go too. Um, I will take him being moved to to the president's role and get get me an actual GM that knows, you know, that actually knows what he's doing. Because not for nothing, as much as Brian Cashman gets gets love, he's got one championship in twenty something years, and you know, saying like, come on now, shit ain't working. Something needs to change. So that's my that's my takeaway. Besides that, thank you for coming out. God bless you. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Sam, uh, go ahead and uh, we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to you. Your final thoughts. Uh, well, you know, here we are uh, Monday. I got a kid coming August fifteenth that we yeah. are preparing for. Uh, it's you know, it's always it's always interesting when you get into these kind of times and whatnot, and. Uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm super excited. And I hope there's something in everybody's life that they're looking forward to. Pads popping at practice today, gentlemen. Football. Football. Yeah. Put me, I did a live look in at Titans training camp and just said, I don't want the camera to go anywhere else. Give me the lineman practicing all day freaking long, baby. You you didn't want to see D hop out there catching passes. It's. You know, I saw I saw him mugging Kevin Byard and them laughing about it. I was like, "Bro, throw a punch!" <laughs> hey Sam, do you know what the sex of the baby is? It's a boy. It's a boy. Oh, and the Bonnie, your twins, Bonnie your twins is going girls, to roll right? over a boy. Yeah, yeah, two girls, okay. a boy. Nice, congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Good. So, Little so, Nick Hopkins, so baby first down, baby <laughs> first down coming. 
Yeah, yeah. The girls, uh, the girls have jerseys that say "Misses Second Down" and "Misses Third Down." So nice. Yes, um, it's only fair that's that cool. it's baby. Maybe I'll just put Junior on the back of it and say it like Sean Connery every time, you know, <laughs> something along those lines. So yeah, you can't call him back. Down. You've already been given that nickname. Yeah, I know. See, I, I carry two nicknames. I got to trademark them both. You know, just go ahead, go ahead and get a quarter anytime anybody mentions it. I guess. <laughs> Nice. Scott, uh, who are we betting on tomorrow on your final thoughts here? So we got the uh, Braves against uh, against the Angels, the Rays against the Yankees, yeah. and the Padres against Colorado. Those are, those are my three bets. Um, Tim Patrick tore his Achilles today at practice, so he he is out for the year. Uh, ACL, <laughs> tore his ACL last year, Achilles. Last That's year. usually how it goes. They're back-to-back back like that. Wow. This, the this guy is totally snake bit. I feel really bad for him. He he was going to be a really good receiver in, in the Sharp Payton offense this year. So shout-out to Tim Patrick. Um, you know, it's, it's a tough blow going through rehab again and the surgery or whatever he's got to go through. But, um, you know, Guy was supposed last year was going to be Russell Wilson's number one and number two target, and you know the ACL. And then this year he's coming into training camp had a full day. He, he looked really good. Sources were saying, and then today, towards Achilles. So, um, you know, guys like things like that that happen. Good guys like Tim Patrick is really bad, really bad. So, I, so I feel for him a lot. So. Hopefully, hopefully his spirits are up, and hopefully he's going to hit the rehab with uh, with vigor and and ready to go. So, <laughs> all right. So my uh, <laughs> my final five price is just enjoy enjoy your uh, enjoy the people in your life. Uh, man, I had a great yeah. weekend Friday. Yeah, uh, I went to the great uh, pictures, great pictures. You yeah, mentioned. went to the baseball game with a couple of my buddies. Uh, you know, shout out to my brother, uh, Craig Coger. Uh, it was his birthday yesterday. So, uh, we went yeah. Friday night to the Cubs cards game, incredible game. Then you got to turn around and it's a different mindset, right? With your buddies, you're drinking, having a great time watching the game. Then, uh, then you have a turnaround and your dad and taking your daughters to uh, a different baseball game and you get to be yeah. a dad and, uh, you know, you're eating ice cream instead of uh, house and beers, but, uh, you know, it's uh, still making memories for yourself and for them and, right. uh, you know, and just enjoying it and showing your love for the game to them and, uh, you know, just experiencing all. I was asked probably 500 questions, what the score was, what inning we were in, <laughs> uh, every inning. Uh, but uh, it really enjoyed it, you know, uh, because they just, you know, they don't know or they just didn't know and this and that. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, my daughter asked me, she thought they only played four innings. And I said, no, they played nine. And she's like, well, we only played four. We only play four. And then my other daughter said, no, dummy, we play seven. And I said, it doesn't matter. We play nine. They play nine. And uh, she's like, I don't know what we were. She's like, I don't know why I got four from. Oh, she's like, that's because dad said we could move our seats after the fourth inning. So that's <laughs> hey, hey, Nick, did I, did I see you met somebody special at the Royals game? One Italy jet? Now is at the Cardinals yeah. game. Yeah, shout out, yeah. shout out, yeah. Italy Jet in St. Louis. Uh, shout yeah. out uh, to Italy Jet as well. Uh, it was a pleasure meeting him. He's uh, does the covers. Italy Jet from Missouri. I'd like to know, uh, clarify that. Um, so uh, you know, it was, it was an honor meeting him. I've now met three people now from the LTS network, and uh, someday I hope to meet uh, you know in person as well as uh, several. I love I love meeting uh, people. Uh, that we've done shows with and met with because you you get a cool vibe with people across the way, but uh, when you get to meet them in person, as I got to meet Mister Johnny Cruz this summer, it's uh, you know something special because you're like shit, man. You know, uh, 
about the out of it, it's I didn't think he was that fucking big. So um, you know, but you, know, <laughs> so, you were bigger than I thought. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, enjoy your moment, enjoy your time with your people, your family, your friends. Uh, you know, go go to a baseball game, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's even if it's you don't great. like baseball. Right. Any, take, take the kid, take the kids to a game, man. Like, yeah. It sounds like you had a perfect weekend, bro. You got one night yeah. with the fellows to enjoy a game, and then you you're out with the kids the next night. Yeah, shout out doesn't to my get, wife. Get any better than that, man. Yeah, I got a shout out to my wife. She holds the fort down, uh, lets me go. You know, uh, Craig. Uh, Craig said it best. He's like, you have the best wife because your wife. And I tell people all the time, I do have the best wife. Uh, she's the only person I've ever met. And you know, when you found your special person, when they just want you to be happy. I tell people all the time, if I came up with the idea that I wanted to rub peanut butter and jelly all over my naked body and run through our neighborhood, my wife said, we're probably going to get the cops called. But if you that makes you happy, you could go do that. So uh, shout out to my wife. She just, you know, always yeah, uh, awesome, so shout out Support. to the women in our lives as well. Awesome. So <laughs> shout out. Um, hey, we'll be back Thursday, uh, Thursday night, folks, eight o'clock central, nine Eastern as always AFC South preview. We're going to be previewing Sam's, uh, shitty division, uh, with another than Rios from the just fans guys. If they make it back alive from the, uh, guardians <laughs> from the Astros game today. So everybody's uh, favorite drunk uncle Rios will be joining us, uh, Thursday night. Uh, so, Hide your kids, uh, not your wife. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Uh, probably not a great show for kids. So everybody take your kids to sleep, put your kids to bed early and uh, join us Thursday night, eight o'clock central, nine Eastern for our AFC South showdown. Be a friend, tell a friend folks, like, subscribe, share. Johnny, hit that outro. It's been another great show. Jonathan for Jonathan Grisham and Jim Berenger joining us every Monday. I'm Vodkin to the fellas. See, it's been another great LTS show. Johnny, hit that outro, baby. Life better pop off with the you like, make a dream job. No nine five, no mean boss, just my life and free thoughts. You could try to play, but you're never gonna be me. Look the other way, what I'm doing ain't easy. Bloody hands came from the people who deceived me. Bloody hands break through the chains.